everyone to episode i believe 112 i'm kind of losing track because we're pre-recording a lot of these my name is caleb hang i'm the host for the bowcast podcast uh i'm not joined by speedy chief today but i'm joined by four wonderful other co-hosts from the btw podcast so uh welcome guys i mean there's a lot so let's just go around the room how's everyone doing let's let's do some brief intros as well for all of you uh for those that might not uh already know your podcast I, I had to count. When you said four, I was like, wait, there's... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess since I started talking, I'll go first. Uh, I'm AstroZombie954. Uh, I guess I'm the host, one of the hosts. I don't know what you call me. The guy who just says a lot of bad things and <laughs> wrong things 90% of the time. Uh, the comic relief of the show, I guess. <laughs> You started the thing. That's I a did. Yeah, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, and also for a lot of people listening, even maybe some of your own uh, regular listeners, they might not know what y'all look like, but because um, y'all oh, don't yeah. usually do the YouTube version. But we have a YouTube version, so if you're curious, check out our YouTube videos. To see, I wore sleeves. Uh, face reveals. I wore sleeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I brushed my hair. <laughs> and, and Dino always looks this good, so. I was like, yeah. This is just how I normally look, so I'm good. Wait, you usually all, when you record, you have the face cam, so, right? But you just have yeah. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so before exactly. me and Speedy started doing the video, we just did audio, so I'd be just sitting there, like, shirtless in my boxers half the time, right? But oh, God, I, I do that. I have to have the <laughs> aspirations. I need, I need to see Astro going, what is he saying? What? what? <laughs> They like to see me struggle when I try and pronounce a, a Pokemon it's, name. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. No, that's amazing. Um, right. I guess I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, my name is Dino. Uh, and I guess based on every like podcast everyone has listened to, I'm just known the guy with the guy with the hair. So that's literally what I'm known for. So The guy with uh, the hair? Yeah, because oh. apparently, I mean, the only one that does this hair. I mean, what was the thing that you call? What was that move on that uh, TCG? Uh, that you said that apply gel apply gel apparently that's a move in tcg like uh, at, yeah. and i'm like they told me that's my signature move now so it's, it's quite <laughs> yeah wait yeah. what do you do for your hair what's what's the brand that you use out of curiosity uh what's... got to be got to be okay it's a yeah it's like a glue it's a mm. yellow uh little bottle and yeah. uh yeah because anything else it does not work it does not stay up and yep. even if I go in water, it literally just stays up. So, dude, I gotta look that up. I use Suavecito. I use like a thousand different brands, and I, I finally found that one. But the worst is, and I can see you're doing a little bit when you wear like the headsets. You yeah. don't want to like smush on the top, right? And like, yep. if if anyone ever sees me at like an actual like po- play Pokemon events, you'll see that in like my hair's like a mess because you have to wear the headset, and I can't like put it in the back when I'm commentating. And so like backstage, I have like my own like hair gel. Like I'm just like putting in. Constantly like, <laughs> together, but it's like yo, it's just like falling apart by the end of like every day. It's miserable. Yeah. That would be me like twenty four seven. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah stressful. Yeah, yeah uh, Wildcat Dad seventeen. I am the country voice of BTW, uh, and and try to give Asher a run for his money with comic relief. You know, but it's a different style of comedy. We 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 do things different here in the South. Yeah. So, Definitely. big time. You know, battler. Been on the show for I, I was the late joiner to the show after mm-hmm. Astro and Dino started it. I I filled in for Dino when Dino had schoolwork, and all of a sudden I become a co-host. I have no clue what happened. <laughs> just yours. So yours. Still on. don't know what happened. Be careful, Caleb. Yeah. That's, this is how we get you. Hey, you know, 
I'll be down for more voices. Wait, so how many episodes are you all out? Because because I remember I was a guest on your podcast. Like, mm-hmm. dude, this was like two, was it two years ago. It was like a long time. It was before I started commentating for sure. Yeah, and I was I was still back in Atlanta at times. So it was definitely over a year ago. But um, all of you were there already at that point, to my knowledge, right? I think maybe not Matthew. I don't know if you. No, I came on the week after your episode. Oh, okay. Oh. So I just miss you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. What are we? One? I don't know. I wish there was like one thirty as of this as of this uh, recording in terms of like full episodes. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, Keep what's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm Matthew Breaker. I'm the executive producer uh, at the BTW PVP podcast. Uh, my role is I write the show, and then typically I edit and like set it all up for uh, release. So, Dang, I've been the behind need... the scenes guy for for a, a long time. Keeps with, us in with line, these guys. Yeah. I need my own Matthew Breaker at this point. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> I'm doing all the editing myself. I can't. Yeah, I, can, I can't I imagine can your him. workload. So I can loan him yeah. for a good price. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All, right. all right. Well, we're making like zero dollars off of this. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll make sure you get a, a third of the earnings. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. More than what I'm getting right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, Speedy can't join us today. Uh, he had some personal things come up, so I'm running solo on the Battlecats side of things. But we do have full force from BTW, and um, Matthew was going to. So people been waiting on the hot trip from Speedy for look. I get it. Months, right? I've been waiting on it too. Some people don't seem to care a lot, but I think most people are pretty invested at this point. There's even a Twitter account that someone made about it. No uh, way. Eating the hot <laughs> yeah. or not. And so today in this 112th episode was supposed to be the episode Speedy Eats the Hot Chip. And to really incentivize him to do it, Matthew actually DM'd me and was like, hey, look, I'm down to eat a hot chip it, on the same episode with Speedy if he's willing to do it finally for this episode. So we're like, all right, Set in stone. We're even going to do a contest, see which side the podcast can hold on the longest without drinking water or milk or whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, Speedy just cannot do it. Um, and he, he's not just like dodging. He, he did have something serious that came up. Uh, yeah. But that being said, I asked Matthew, I was like, hey, look, you don't have to do the hot chip you don't want to because you're just str- suffering by yourself. It should have been just Speedy suffering instead. Um, but Matthew, I think, is still going to do the hot chip. So for those yeah. that are waiting for the hot chip, not the hot chip consumer we're expecting. But I think we're still gonna get one on air today, if I'm not mistaken. That that is the plan. I I've been preparing my body like all day, so <laughs> he hasn't been nervous so at for, all. So all this hard work gone to waste. I wasn't I wasn't gonna let that happen. So I'm just uh, glad it's not the jelly beans. Yeah, which one? Oh, the bean boozled. <laughs> uh, which one did uh Speedy get? Because this is the uh 20. Two edition, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the one he got. It's like a blue chip, right? Yeah. 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 Did they okay. make these chips a different color because people were like throwing them in like nacho bags and mess with people? Because I remember it used to just look like a nacho cheese chip. Uh, yeah. I know that last year's just looked like uh, super coated like Doritos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I I have done the one from last year. We uh, have a YouTube video where Astro and I did a little competition for oh, it. And uh, so this is kind of like running it back. Yeah, for me, but well, I'm so actually you've done by... it too, right? No, yeah. no, 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 oh. no, I did not. Uh, was... I was, uh, my my wife stepped in and 
<laughs> and put the kobash on that like just end it no she's like i don't want to risk him like having to go to hospital or something yeah so i felt bad so i got um like one of those like boxes of bean boozled mm-hmm. the jelly beans that taste like different things yeah and i literally took out all the really gross ones and put them in a cup and oh. i would have to i think it was like every like th- so many minutes i would have to just throw a handful of them in my mouth and eat them mm-hmm. um i i threw up like twice what during that stream oh yeah. my it was, God. It was it, all on youtube too so <laughs> that was what? amazing you threw up like wow like recording yeah, yeah. It, it, was oh live. it was live it was live live on twitch <laughs> it was oh, good <laughs> I, like i was gonna say man i'd rather do that than the the, the chip but i don't know at that it's point. pretty intense it just yeah. depends i guess on how you can handle like spicy okay. but yeah those beans i think DeFi did something like that with the beans and it probably didn't yeah. turn out very well it either. never goes well for <laughs> yeah. anybody involved so you're not allowed to squeeze your nose right because i know if you plug your nose no no no, no. Your i mean taste sensor so it's just like dulled completely yeah yeah Jesus. All right. he's smart okay. to put on gloves is... at least Yo, yeah, that does not look blue yeah, this is, this is what I, yeah that looks straight like almost that black looks, at this point. yeah literally yeah. like the same color as your gloves <laughs> yeah so I, I figure matthew's done this before when he offered because no one willingly offers easy <laughs> like this and and he even mentioned the gloves i was like all right he's definitely done this before yeah. um but we were going to do initially a contest on who could go the longest without drinking water or milk and stuff. But uh, instead, I just said, you know what? You can drink whenever you want to, but we can start a timer to see how far Matthew goes for anyone that wants to attempt okay. this at home. And if you want to see it happen in video format, you can check out the Bowcats podcast on <laughs> YouTube to see it. But I'm ready to start this timer whenever you are. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right. No, I well, got the stopwatch. Uh, bottoms right. up, fellas. So. Speedy, I wish you were here, buddy, but I I don't wish you were here either because I know what you were <laughs> gonna go through. All right, he has done it. We're starting the timer. God, I can just um, hear that. Yeah, no, when you have nose. a second to talk, I'm curious how this compares to the first time you did this chip. Yeah, because the I don't know. If, yeah, I don't think you've seen it, but he was sweating the last time. Like, yeah, he, you can tell he was like. It was bad, so I, yeah. I wonder how this. I mean, he looked really better than coated. I did. My oh, like your turn blue. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, your teeth are really like blue. <laughs> yeah, it's like eating like a. Give warhead. us a good smile like to the warhead, camera. Like a, like Give a good airhead. smile to that camera, Matthew. <laughs> he's, he's like he's starting to feel it. Probably oxygen makes it worse. Good. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, and like water too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. man, that is. All right, so it's down. Something. Okay. Oh my god. Um. So this is uh not pleasant. <laughs> uh, that would be the the appropriate uh a you know PG version of what I'm feeling. But wow. Yeah, blue tongue and everything. Um, I'm gonna let you guys continue talking because I need to do some like meditation. So. <laughs> That's fine. I like, yeah. I like how you said PG version. So just so you know, Caleb. For the past week, we've been telling ourselves PG, PG, because PG. <laughs> <laughs> for like the people who don't listen to us, we're the opposite end, I guess. Uh, we're the explicit. We're more explicit than than you guys. Um, so me more than anyone is like I'm just like. Mm, mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, I, I gave I gave uh, the BTW guys a heads up too. We, we typically are, for the most part, family friendly. But the thing is, like, when I listen to your podcast, like, if you, if like the swear words like weren't there, you would like it's like it's like you're not swearing like aggressively, right? Like it's Correct. like it's just like just casual and there's like a regular conversation, right? Like I honestly didn't even notice that you all even swore until like maybe like six or seven episodes in. I was like, wait, I was like. Oh, I was like, they actually got a couple of swears here or there, which I don't personally mind, but um, we do have a potentially some TPCI employees checking yeah. some of our content from time to time, and we want to try to keep it, you know, family yeah. friendly. A few, a few Niantic employees too, you know. Well, that that's I was gonna say, it, you normally don't hear the swearing until we get to the in-game news part of yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the <Yeah>. show. <laughs> Trust me, there's a lot of ways to convey disappointment and anger uh, without swearing too, which which. I, I find a way to do this from time to time. but You um, do it. You're a much better man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, maybe right. a quick round the I'm room, have to too. Call I'm it. curious. Okay, oh, okay. Shoot. All right, let's call it. Yeah, here. Wait, wow. I got, I got you at about 2 minutes and 47, 48 seconds. Pretty good. Yeah. You've got you weak, that was, you? that was worse than that, last year. That was worse. I can Way tell. Worse. Oh, yeah. man. See, last time they actually made it. He made it through three no, it was the best out of five battles. Best out of he five made it battles. Five battles and go. <laughs> oh my before god! They were battling as they were doing this. Yeah, as we well. had to battle each other while oh he was gosh. ate the chip and I was throwing jelly beans down my mouth. Yeah. I'd probably just use Grasso in every game because I'd be so like angry. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd just be like I'm going just straight faster pressure. I don't have time to like. <laughs> At one point, parties. I my eyes were so watery that I couldn't even see my phone. Oh, my so God. it was just like I didn't know if I was tapping it. Or what Wait, I so was no, you, the jelly beans you ate, they were like they were spicy or they were just like tasted bad. No, so one was like rotten egg oh. flavored, one was vomit. There was like, there's a, <laughs> there's a vomit. it, it, it think, was intense. I think at one point you were literally grabbing like two or three different ones, so you were basically mixing like, the, yeah, because and that, that's why you threw up. Like, and it, 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 I don't know how they do it. I feel yeah. I don't know who the taste tester is for that company. Feel Dude. bad for them, but they yeah. get that they get it on point. <laughs> Dude, imagine if that's your job. And you're like, "Dude, we're like I was like we maybe maybe need to one add one more green to get that diarrhea flavor right, you know? Like yeah. it's just like just imagine that's your job. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't that's... even my guess is they probably don't even pay that much for that job, too. Mm, no. Yeah. It's wild, wild. <laughs> well, impressive stuff. I mean, the last time I saw anyone eat this chip was um it was on Dijon the Jin stream. He was streaming and he had Cochino Mom on. And Cochino Mom, for those that don't know, is always carrying like hot sauce around. Like she loves her hot sauce. She's like just downs it. And um, yeah, which I was a little surprised because white woman from Florida, but yeah, it's it's her thing. <laughs> but um, so she she eats a lot of hot stuff. And then Dijon's like always talking about how he like, you know, can handle hot stuff. His like redemption on his Twitch is like eat like a hot wing or eat a chip with like a dab of like hot sauce or whatever. Like it's literally just hot sauce stuff on his redemptions on Twitch. So they both did the one chip challenge. And this is probably like two years ago. So it was like wasn't the 2022 version, obviously. So maybe not as spicy. And they both ate it and she was just like laughing the whole time. She's like, "Yeah, this is fine, like spicy, but it's, it's all good, right?" She's just like having the time of her life. And then Dijon's like literally in pain, and he had to put on like the be right back screen to like go throw up or whatever. I was like, "Dude, you're talking about how you can eat all the spice you can't handle it." That's, wow. that's amazing. So, yeah. So Matthew's definitely handled a lot better than Dijon is. <laughs> Dijon did, but um, but that's yeah, awesome. That's, that's when I knew I was like, "This got to be spicy," because Dijon was eating plenty of spicy stuff on stream prior, and he was like, "Fine," but. 
Yeah. Yeah. This thing was yeah. like three times hotter than Ooh. last year. My so. gosh! Wow. Wow. And you were suffering. Is it hotter time. or have you just become weaker? <laughs> he's stuck on the he's weaker now. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Not his condition. Not yeah. soft, buddy. It's okay. It all happens to us when we get old. Yeah, dude. I don't know about yeah, speaking of getting old, I don't know about you all, but like it's already getting to the point where like I'm not even like I can't even say I'm that old. I'm 32, and I'm like already struggling with like spicy stuff that you see. Like not like like not yep. like handling it physically, but just like on the way out, I just can't. Like, I'm like, what the heck? Like, no, I was like, yep, this is sir. actually happening. You know, like, I didn't expect it to happen at like my third. It doesn't like, get here. We are. It doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get better. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. downhill from there. Caleb. Well, the alcohol, too, right? I remember my teacher in, in grad school, he had like one drink one night and he was hungover for like the next three days in class. And I was just like, <laughs> and then I see some people on like cruises, wherever they're like on like the older side, and they're just like, like unlimited drinks and they're just going at it i'm like dude i don't know how these people like operate the next day but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how well i operate at a uh, go fest <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so everyone's going to new york go fest right yeah Here? yes okay yep. Yep. nice nice yeah so for those that don't know uh well so we're pre-recording this episode way in advance obviously it's um it's july 24th um at current time but uh this episode's dropping the week uh, leading up to New York GoFest. So for those that are listening, uh, hopefully GoFest is still planned because <laughs> if something goes wrong, it's, it's, it's too late to cancel flights. Oh, oh but, uh, but yeah, hopefully <laughs> I, we'll I, see you all there. But that should be that should be fun too. Have you all been to GoFest in the past? I have. I have. I've went to 2019 and 2018. Lincoln Park and Grant Park. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I went to the 2019 one, but, not, but that was my first one besides Seattle last year. Yeah, I did. Uh, twenty nineteen. I was I was Saturday play when it got rained out. So I I, I experienced one of the very first oh, makeup events. Yeah, in a long line of makeup events now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my my mistake because my first go fest and I I didn't really funny enough I travel all the time now. I didn't like I almost never traveled back in the day, like back in twenty nineteen and before. Like I would fly like maybe once every couple of years at most. Well, actually no, I guess besides visiting my mom back in Connecticut, but. Um, so I booked my flight for Friday morning and I was like supposed to arrive at like 9.30 a.m. or something. I had the, the Friday ticket and then my flight got delayed like six hours <laughs> or something. So I like showed up the afternoon with like a few hours left. You um, have the worst flight look because wasn't it was was NAIC last year? No, it was Caleb last year for NAIC. No, yeah, Speedy. Uh, Speedy. Yeah, missed Speedy, like the actually, first yeah, half yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, Speedy did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he has some flight issues. Um, I've had a little flight issues here or there, but um, but not not too bad given the amount of supply. But yeah, that was kind of my own mistake. And then um, shout out to Rambling Man, who who one of my old locals brought me around the park to get my Jirachi in time because he's like, oh, I'll show you all the places. But I like played like maybe a total of like two hours or something. It was it was not fun. But yeah, yeah, definitely recommend booking your flights for the day before your GoFest ticket. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I think uh, me and Dino arrive at like nine in the morning on, on Friday. Friday. On okay. Friday. Do you have Friday tickets? No. Oh, okay. We have Saturday. Okay. okay. okay good. Yeah. I was going to say. Just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, let's leave at six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Matthew, you're going too? I am. Yep. I'm going to be uh, able to meet all the guys for the first time in one spot. So we were in uh, Orlando with uh, Dino and, and Astro and Wildcat was unfortunately not able to attend that one. So. The gang's all going to get together. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, have you all competed? And actually, out of curiosity too, did you all do like Sylph prior to like play Pokemon stuff? I know Matthew's mm-hmm. like a big Sylpher, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but what about the rest of you? Yeah, yeah. Daniel's probably the least Sylpher, as, okay. as, as yeah. you say. <laughs> but we, yeah, we we hosted monthly every month in our tournament or in our oh. Discord. We were hosting uh, this past season. We did not have a anything shorter than a six rounder nice dude i should have so, joined your tournaments <laughs> i was like <laughs> i mean I, to be honest at towards the end i was just like burnt i was like dude i'll just do a four round i don't even feel like playing this main rounds but yeah there were yeah th- this past season was the first time i only did one tournament a month for the most yeah. part like, yeah it just mm. I, knowing they were shutting down yeah yeah destroyed the motivation and that and to be perfectly honest i think most of us agree that we were more focused on play mm-hmm. yeah like, i think we didn't get to go to a lot of events down. yeah yeah yeah, before they even announced they were shutting down, I think the the participation definitely dropped a bit too, right? So, but I think factions was still full on force, like yes, like you know people making feeder teams and stuff. And you all have a factions too, right? We have three. So oh, we you have, have three. Oh, you're one of the people with like multiple franchises. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dino and I are our, our part, our you know our original faction team. We okay. actually, um, as of this past time, we we're promoted up to diamond. Nice. So we'll close nice. out at diamond level. I like it. Um, That's big. Astro and Matthew are on part Trace, and then we have yep. uh, part du- Ducks as well. Uh-huh. That will uh, is another feeder team that we try to help out. Um, Trace in their first season in Open actually got out of Open. Oh, yeah. nice, dude! That's their a first that's cycle. a brawl too because there's so yes. every time I look at the Open like so much bracket, it's just like you're scrolling <laughs> non stop. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Did you all do King of the Hill too? Uh, I guess like maybe not all of them can participate, right? Because you no, see a limit. We ended up taking King of the Hill off across all three factions, mostly because this group was very involved with Sighthard. And we oh, wanted gotcha, to kind gotcha. of focus on what's coming next. Yeah. And we didn't want to leave our teammates kind of out there struggling on their own without us being able to support them when mm-hmm. we were really, at the time, focused solely on Zygarde and getting that up and going. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. That's good to see. Um, For those that don't know... Uh, oh, they renamed to what, like Zygarden, right? Uh, Zygarden. Says, yeah. Yep. Um, are you all able to share anything to some of our listeners on like... So I'm actually on the stuff? communications team, so I know what we can and can't share a little better than most do. Yeah. Um, we are currently working on what we call the MVP, which is the minimal viable platform. Mm-hmm. The hope was to get that out by August. We may not be making that timeline. Of course, mm-hmm. summer vacations happen. Yeah. Everyone's volunteering their time. Yeah, it is what it is. We're going, we're working on resolidifying and putting together a new project plan to actually have a um, set date so we can release more information about that. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, we will actually have that information released. Mm-hmm. But the minimal viable platform is going to um, promote for solo play at first. It's going to have global leaderboards mm-hmm. as well as local community leaderboards. So okay. we really want to put the power back into the community's hands mm-hmm. to host play as they see fit. Yeah, um, whether that's remote, in person, you know, it, whether that's draft based or leveraging the metas that Devin Court Devin will be putting out, which is going to be not directly associated with Zygarde, but it's the folks that got involved with Zygarde doing meta development and running solo and team play. Okay. Um, so it's going to be two separate organizations. Zygarden will be the platform. Mm-hmm. Devin will be the organization that puts out the metas and all that wonderful things it's called it's called devon devon is in devon corp from the main series oh gotcha gotcha yeah. I'm, I'm a little behind on the main series myself so yeah. uh, i think that was reference. what that was black and white i'm not yeah. sure 
That's he didn't have black and white. Play. I didn't know Zygarde was going to be that strong, too, in the game when I saw that. I was like, what the heck is this? Oh, right? Yeah. That was but crazy. I have no routes near me, so I don't know. And I've seen some spoofers post about how they got all this stuff. but 26 I, I and 9. It's 26 Dude. and 9 in Master League. Dude, also the... the the busted part is it's good in every league <laughs> and you only get one so far. So I don't know like how people prioritize this, but um, yeah, that thing looks disgusting. It's like bulkier than a Lickitung. I think the complete form is bulkier than Lickitung in Quake wow. League, which is just wild because you're like, okay, well, if it's bulkier than Lickitung, it's not going to be good in Master League, but it's good in like every league, which is just crazy. 339 <laughs> HP. It's so, insane. In Master that's League, dope. 339. Yeah, that's a... Uh... We'll we'll see we'll see what happens when that when we cross that bridge. But uh, yeah, I thought carping was going to be bad. But <laughs> so bad. you haven't done a route? I haven't. Yeah. So I mean, to be fair, I got my Zygarde maybe like like two days ago, and there were oh, no I routes. Still don't have mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my power's up to a strong fifteen oh one. So <laughs> definitely don't power yours this up. one when I can't, huh? Don't power yours up because you yeah, don't yeah. want at least the fifty percent form. Right, right, right. Yeah, because if you power anything up to, like, it's just like you won't be able to use fifty percent, yep. or uh, unless you're planning on using like Ultra League or Master League, yep. which exactly. Um, so you all talked about how like Zygarde is going to prioritize. Oh, oh, it's actually I guess it's Devin that's prioritizing metas for single, yep. uh, formats. Do you all know if there's any priority on team formats in, in the works as well? Yes, we we've, we've been doing a lot of discussion around what the future of team will look like. Mm-hmm. Um. That is the only reason that's not coming out immediately is that's a lot of development. That's a significantly yeah. harder mm-hmm. to build framework from a website perspective mm-hmm. than solo competition. Right. So we want to get the platform out initially so we can, you know, cut people have something to run. That's not challenge mm-hmm. because there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth for challenge just because it's not user friendly. Yeah. It works great. Mm-hmm. It's just not user friendly. Yeah, it's very so, not mobile friendly either. <laughs> you had those torments, you're like, dude, I can't get to my bracket. I'm like stuck yeah. on bracket ace it's the whole time. Yeah, so that that's why we're prioritizing solo play. Because mm-hmm. even though that's now kind of the lesser focus of the community, everything we build for solo play will pretty much be reusable for group play. Yeah. But we have to start somewhere. So the hope is we get solo up and running. And what's really going to be cool and something that even Sylph wasn't doing is we're looking to even add in things like draft capabilities yeah. to solo plays mm-hmm. where you can do, you know, a, a group draft like BGW. We're in the midst of, we just finished our drafting phase, 65 people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Across a seven round draft. Yeah. Do you have bands too or, or no? This is the first time we didn't do bands. Yeah. It's just but way too many, do, right? That's it was, sl- it was slot yeah. slotted. Mm-hmm. So you can only pick round one between rank one and 72. Oh, and then each round thereafter and then got really mean for round six i skipped 100 pokemon <laughs> it said you can only pick from this bottom section oh my gosh yeah so yeah. everyone was forced to run at least some level of spice yeah and yeah we we we, we let the bands go last year we had 74 and we had a band round uh-huh. and it was rough by the end of that it. was yeah. absolutely brutal I, mean, yeah. I guess is you have like three usable pokemon in each squad maybe <laughs> if, basically <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Excel Magnemite looks pretty good at that point. <laughs> I think someone yeah. drafted that actually this year. <laughs> yeah, I probably would too. It's not, yeah, it's not, not too that bad. bad. For a budget pick, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say like over the years, um, we have more and more viable Pokemon to use, which I think is pretty nice. Um, one thing though, dude, this is 
killing me is the TMs, right? The charge TMs. Dude, I don't know about you all. I'm literally down to 10 charge TMs. And for, part yeah. of me was like, dude, is it because they nerfed the remote race? Like, you know, people aren't raiding as much. Yes, that's probably part of it. But I think the bigger issue, and I didn't realize this until my friend Paul was up. It's like a big mathematician guy. He, he was like, dude, you don't understand. Every time they add a new move to the pool, they never take any moves away from these Pokemon. So they're just exponentially adding more possibilities of you getting the wrong move when you TM. Like, you know, adding just one move to Quagsire doesn't make it just cost one more TM to get the move. It adds way more possibilities. And, like, I spent, like, 15 TMs getting a Mud Bomb on Quagsire just to help my teammates scrim for, like, factions. I was like, dude, this is crazy. Um, but he's like, yeah, Niantic needs to do something. Which, again, for the Niantic people listening to the podcast, I know you're all out there. Please take it with serious consideration. Because what you can only get TMs from GBL if you're lucky. You get five charge TMs a day, which is incredibly unlikely in general, right? And then, I mean, most yeah. people aren't even rating that much. We even rating that much. It's, Hear it's me out, Speedy. You can go to a useless tier three raid and get a charge TM guaranteed. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Give us or, a dollar for megas, a guaranteed. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have zero. <laughs> Oh my! This is God. normal. Yeah, this is normal for Ash. This is this is a normal thing for me. We uh, always ask him, like, what do you spend it on? Like, it's because I have the worst. I have the worst luck ever. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, this is a perfect example. Going into Fossil Cup, uh, I had, um, I think I had like fifteen charge TMs, but my Great League Lucario, because I never use it, had, um, it had. Uh, Aurora Sphere. Okay. And not Power Up Punch. So it had Shadow Ball. Uh-huh. I will tell you this. I went between Flash Cannon and Aurora Sphere all the way. I almost had to use an Elite TM just to get Power Up Punch you because get it was on my that too. <laughs> yeah. But it just literally bounced back and forth, back oh, and forth gosh. between those two. It was the worst thing ever. I wish it was like how in like what the main series game where you can just pick the move yeah yeah that would be well also in the main series game once you learn it once you could just swap between the moves right if i'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken in the newer series it's even nicer than that is you literally don't even have to have a tm for certain moves Mm. but if you're it's part of the learn set yeah you can just change it at any time that's one of the things they've really the last two generations in vgc Mm -hmm. have focused on making competitive more accessible yeah because, <clears throat> as we know, VGC had a very large history of hacking. And part of the reason it did, because it literally could take upwards of 100 hours to build one competitive Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And the Pokemon company said, you know what? This is a problem. We should fix it. And they went and fixed it. Yeah, Like, I can build a competitive po- a competitive team in, in Scarlet and Violet right now in maybe an hour and a half of play. Yeah. Yeah. Fully ready, powered up, all EV, IV trained, 100% ready to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. in Go, I still can spend 20 minutes charged to you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Good news is I have 300 of them, so I have a few to oh, burn man. still, but. Yeah, I imagine just... you could sell those. You could definitely run up a black market price on that for quite a premium <laughs> these days. <laughs> Did you get one of those uh, those boxes where it had, I think it had like five fast TMs and five charged TMs? 
I saw it. I was like, I'm not spending like over a thousand coins on this, but like I could see why some imagine buying that and still not getting the moves after using like five. Is that you? Oh, he's like, I was oh, gonna say, I think he dude. bought it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the worst. Yeah, the worst is you don't even get the moves on. Oh, man. It's, it's it's worse. Than, it's like worse than a lottery. Yeah, I will say I have used an elite charge TM twice on Mew just because I was not wanting to go through the pain. Yeah. Well, it honestly, was worth like, it. <laughs> TMing like a Lucario Quagsire these days feels like trying to get a move on Mew back in the day. Like, it is it is really tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think... Um, oh, I know people from Niantic are listening. Hopefully, they are taking serious thought into this. Um, TMs, unfortunately, is not something you can even spoof for, so I don't even know how to, like, even... Like, even... Yeah, that is a great equalizer, at least, for, for, for the spoofers and non-spoofers. Like, you can't, like, phone rock or defit your way to getting charged TMs. This is, like, a universal problem for everyone, yes. <laughs> you know, regardless of where, where you are on the spectrum. The great equalizer. Yeah. And could you imagine if they actually allowed TMing between rounds at a play tournament or something crazy like that? <laughs> People would be sitting there going, no, no! Yeah, all of a sudden you're throwing a bulldoze on your low and sand slash instead of drill run because <laughs> oh, that's the best you could get. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a terrible mirror matchup. Um, anyway, we are we are uh, wrapping up. Well, at the time you hear this, we've already wrapped up our second season of um, play Pokemon and uh, being a f- uh, part of the official Go Championship series. I'm curious from all of your perspectives uh, how you think it's gone because you know I mean. I've gone to a lot of these, especially as a commentator, but even competitive. But I'm very curious to hear more from like, you know, a competitive standpoint too. Because I think have have all of you competed? I know you said three of you mm-hmm. were at Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe go around and say like which ones you all were at. Um, that might inform the general feel of how these tournaments went. Because if you're at NAIC, uh, I, I can see why you might not feel great about some of the tournament experience. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Fort Wayne, um, which was mm-hmm. after what was that? When was right after? It was right after um, uh, Hartford. Fort Wayne was, was before, before, Hartford, before Hartford, but it was right, right after. It was like shortly after Charlotte. Yeah, yeah Charlotte. It was, okay, it, so was, it was April Fool's weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember Charlotte had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So going into Fort Wayne, I was extremely nervous. Uh-huh. Uh, the game performed beautifully mm-hmm. that weekend. Uh, I had probably my best showing at a play tournament. Now I went to NAIC last year. Yeah. And just I did not do well. It was bad. I took a power gem from a Sableye, if that tells you how my tournament went. Oh, man. Did you even see that coming? Because I probably wouldn't. Was it even I, purified? Or? Even no, it was, it was a normal start. It, it right? was a normal Sableye. But uh-huh. I I didn't. I see Sableye. I think it's going to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Braid does not compute. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that didn't go well for me. But Fort Wayne worked great. The mm-hmm. staff at all the tournaments, I think because it's the actual Go players, volunteering to be the tournament staff we're getting quicker resolutions the rules need tightened up a bit still to help the staff out because now staff's kind of left hanging on and some judgment calls where it shouldn't have to be a judgment call right um worked great great time seeing more and more people turn out for these i mean fort wayne fort wayne again is not a place you want to spend a weekend Mm -hmm. we had 122 people competing (laughs) at fort wayne yeah so that's amazing. I do think the issues with network connectivity that keep happening has to be addressed by next season, mm-hmm. or there's going to be more issues as far as player base not wanting to compete. Right, right. And that's a bad thing. 
mm-hmm. because this game's growing and we have a chance to have larger and larger competitions on par with VGC in my opinion. I don't think we can get to the TCG numbers. You know, thousand plus competitors. Uh-huh. Nah, we're not getting there, but we can get up to that three, four hundred number like VGC very easily. Yeah, I think we have um we have probably the highest player base, total player base out of all the Pokemon games. Uh, because how accessible Pokemon Go is, but from the actual PP side, that number is like a very small fraction. I think part of it again is that accessibility piece. Like, imagine someone wants to compete like tomorrow. They're like, "Oh yeah, I want to do this too." Like, go like building a Meta Cham, right? Like, I, like one, like the yeah. Meta types aren't even spawning, let alone how many you need to catch, and you have to be like level what thirty five plus or whatever to even make it or whatever. Like, start getting XLs. It's like something. Like, it's the the grind is like stupid hard for 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 go unfortunately which is a huge barrier in itself let alone like you know being a newer game in the official tournament um but yeah i, I agree with a lot of what you said and i think a lot of it is also like the connectivity issues sometimes it's not even like niantic's fault it's just like the venue and the part of it's like i think it's wi-fi based i think if niantic's able to do like lan for for in-game uh, like in-person tournaments that would just change everything right like just get rid of all latency like you never have to worry about um any of that stuff i mean like a lot of the like the big esports games they just play on land right that's the whole benefit of being in person is you don't have to worry about wi-fi and your own personal connections right and that would just change everything because then you know the game would run like actually like frame perfect theoretically but yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because i i was actually in charlotte where mm-hmm. the game was just really bad. Uh, actually, me and Astro were there, uh, yeah. and actually was on stage twice. I don't know. You probably don't remember. This, I, I do remember. Yeah, you went. You <laughs> yeah. went on quite the run, actually. Yeah, uh, you were, I, you were I, killing it at that time. Uh, I was. I was terrified because it was my first time on stage against Magic Mason. Uh huh. And, and I actually somehow pulled off the two zero. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just, I was like literally nervous the whole time. But like, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, yo, he's making all these calls. I'm like, yo, I'm like literally shaking here. Yeah. Did but I commentate your match? It was, I think, the second, or, I don't remember if it was the first yeah. or second one. I think but I the, commentated the, one of yours. The second one was against Custom Approach. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I don't remember if, which one it was. I don't know if Astro mm-hmm. or somebody. It, it, Caleb it was, called your second match. It was the second match. I think it was yeah. with DeFi. It was, uh, well, Oh yeah, Charlotte. Yes, yeah. I was a yeah. Charlotte yeah. was yeah. 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 I was making five pairs. Yeah. Because I remember she. I think she had mentioned something about like knowing me, or I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, that was a fun experience. Uh, after the second match, I got a little bit more like calm, mm-hmm. uh, but I was still nervous. And like somehow, I was like literally calling everyone's line. And to be <laughs> honest, everyone's like, "Yo, like, how is he like knowing all these things?" I'm like, "Yo, I'm literally just like nervous." uh being up here and they don't even know the seat of their pants right yeah (laughs) i was just i was very nervous but besides on stage obviously it was like great like there was like no lag or anything like that but off stage it was very stressful like to like we mentioned i think it's the venue like you mentioned i don't Mm -hmm. really think it's just like niantic's fault or anything like that um but it was just very stressful and um a lot of people were just like doing a lot of rematches and taking a long time to do that but I mean, overall, like besides that, like I feel like I enjoyed being on stage, and like a lot of people are very terrified to be up there, which is understandable. Yeah. So that, that actually leads me to a good question, Caleb. So you you know so many people in the community. You're mm-hmm. really good friends with so many other creators like ourselves and all these others. And now you're going on stage and having to commentate these battles. And number one rule of Pokemon is you can't go out there and tell, you know, Hey, this guy has this YouTube channel and you can't yeah, yeah. show that bias. And that the fact that I know them, 
Uh-huh. How do you go about handling that when you're calling matches and not letting your biases affect the way you call things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh so overall, especially when just people I know, like I'm I'm pretty good about staying uh neutral in that regard. Um, I think the only times where you could say like, oh, he might have some bias is like if it's like my teammates playing, right? Um, I the only teammate I actually commentated on that battled. Actually, no, I, I commentated Cindy battling a couple of times, and then my teammate Auburn, who ended up getting second place at uh, Charlotte, right? So obviously, personally, I'm like, oh, it'd be great if my teammate won the regional, but. I mean, Richie's playing out of his mind. Like, you can't, like, let that go, right? So I think that's that's part of it, just, like, remembering, like, this, uh, it's it's a experience, it's an entertainment part, right? Like, even if your teammate's, like, doing well, like, you can't, like, you don't want to, like, oversell it, right? Because then, like, it just, I think the, the most important thing as a commentator, in my opinion, is you want to, like, express the emotion that makes the most amount of sense in a situation, right? Like, if a really hype play happens, you need to express it. But, like, if you're over, like, doing it on a play that's not that hype or not that impressive, like, it's it's disingenuous, especially to players that know the game, right? For those that don't know the game, they're like, oh, yeah, that might be cool. But, you know, like, people on Twitch that are typing, usually people that know the game for the most part, at least, like, 70% or so. There's always some randos that just say random stuff. But but so they're going to recognize. And if, you, if you're just saying stuff, like, they're going to be like, dude, like, what are you doing, right? Or But the worst is also when you make a really incredible play and you go back and watch your the the commentary on it, and they're like the ca- casters just like dull. They're like they don't like really talk about. It. I'm like, dude, I was like, like I just made the best play of my life, and how is this your response, right? And like I would hate for someone to feel that if they ever watch back the commentary, let alone the people watching live. Um, so I think in my mind, I'm always just like I'm trying to put on the best show, uh, but I want the show to be realistic of what people are experiencing too, right? I think if if you're, it's like you're watching like sports, right? If the comment, if the casters there, like it's a huge like touchdown or catch or something. You know, like if they're just like sitting there, like not expressing anything, it makes no sense, right? But they're like screaming, and you're screaming at home, right? Or you're in the crowds and stuff like that. Like you want every, like the levels of hype to kind of match across the board, right? And I think some of that energy is also contagious too, right? Um, for newer yeah. players that don't know the game, they're like, wait, this is actually kind of hype, right? Um, and I think for Go, luckily, our game's a little simpler than like VGC and TCG. Like I'm watching VG and people are clapping. I'm like, I don't know what, what they're clapping for. Like nothing happened, right? But it's like a big like moment for them because they know exactly like what they're trying to set up and stuff. Or they got like a certain like percent like proc or something on something. But um, yeah. yeah. And I think the casters do an amazing job of that. I'm, mm-hmm. I hope no one ever thinks I was trying to accuse a bias oh, or no, anything. No, definitely not. Because yeah. it, the casters in Go, and, I, and this is one of the things I've, I've said on our show, I'm so happy that Gabby came over to Go. Mm-hmm. Because it helped give the Go casters even more credibility. Because Gabby is so well known across the entire Pokemon community. Yep, definitely. And then you add in folks like yourself, like Speedy, like Butters, that know the game and the intricacies so well. Mm-hmm. Literally, I didn't get to watch the finals of Fort Wayne because I was driving home. Yeah. I put on Twitch through my car speakers, <laughs> turned my phone around so I couldn't look at my phone, mm-hmm. and listened. Yeah, to the end of it and that's how i experienced and i was able to feel like i was just there mm-hmm. so i think that shows just how awesome the go casters are and i can imagine how hard it is not to let those biases come in and those kind of <laughs> oh yeah th- this guy i know this guy yeah i mean i will say like backstage right like especially like when we're not commentating we're usually on like the admin desk like putting in the teams and like you know when Pokemon get knocked down and stuff like that so i would say if a Pokemon got knocked down they forgot to do it like that's usually one of the casters so it's, i'll take the we'll take the onus on that one but um but i would say that uh, uh yeah first off 
huge shout out to Gabby, right? Coming over and like, I think not only is just like the stage presence and, you know, having involvement in the community as well, but like uh, behind the scenes, she's done so much for the commentators. I think like just helping us like adjust and figure out different things and, you know, really teach us a lot about just being commentators in general, not even just for GOAT, but just as a general commentator for Pokemon game or just um, esports in general. So like huge shout out to her. Cause I think there's so much she does for us that like, you don't even see on camera. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, I appreciate the compliments, but I think a lot of us also grew a lot from our first commentary. Like if you watch back EYC, like in Frank Frankfurt, Germany, like if you watch like me, butters speedy like we're definitely rusty i think speedy was probably like the most like polished at that point in time but me and butters were definitely like a little bit awkward at times i think zion because actually was pretty good off the bat like when zion came back for uic like he really didn't commentate anything officially or unofficially b between this entire year and he was like i think he just naturally has been really good at commentating and i think part of it's just because he makes so many commentary videos and stuff for his youtube but um, he has really good stage presence, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think did a lot you of us grew from do experience. anything in uh, particular to uh, like like practice uh, casting when, mm -hmm. when like during your free time so that you can get more comfortable, feel feel better about you your performance per se. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, personally, no. Uh, what I do try to do, and I did this a lot, especially my first year, is I watch back some of the commentary. And uh, like EUIC, I remember specifically the night after the first day, uh, first day, I watched back my commentary, like before even the second day started, I was like, I don't want to see how it goes. I was like, man, I was like really like shifty eyed. Like I wasn't looking at the camera. I was like doing this. Like I was like, man, this is kind of rough, right? Um, and I, I maybe I improved a little bit for day two, but maybe, I mean, you can improve so much in a couple hours, but it was definitely something that I wanted to kind of feel out for myself and see what I can improve on it. I think there's still a lot of things I could improve upon, but um, just doing it a bunch of times and then just rewatching some stuff. Cause sometimes I sound better than I think I do. Right. I look back like, wait, actually I didn't really stutter as much as I thought I did, or it's not as noticeable. Right. Like I'll be in with my own head sometimes when that happens. Um, but yeah, part of it just like, I'm just going with the flow and, um, the more you do it, you know, the more comfortable you feel a little bit. I used to work in a uh, student fair. So I used to oversee um, some residence hall on a college campus. I talked to kind of hundreds of people and like lead meetings, staff meetings, stuff like that. So um, from like an extroversion standpoint and just like speak public speaking, I felt okay. But um, obviously be front, being in front of cameras and, you know, making sure you don't stumble on your words in front of the Pokemon company is definitely a whole different situation. But I think uh, me personally, that's kind of just my been my own personal journey on that. Um, watching some other commentary, which is what I've been doing a little bit more of lately for other games has definitely helped too. So I think there's like kind of a Pokemon brand for commentary, right? And we're kind of like more stiff or professional, right? Like we're even really dressed up compared to a lot of the other games. Like if you're watching like League of Legends, whoever, they're not usually, or like, dota and stuff or valorant they're not really that dressed up even right and they're casual they're kind of like swearing and stuff right it's not like a kid's game a lot of times <laughs> so they're just like i'm like wait what you can just swear in like the caster lounge like that like in the pre-show but they'll just be doing that and um they're just very loose with it but i think there's certain elements we could take to it right because we're like kind of too stiff and rigid like we could kind of be a little more flexible and stuff and um that's why that's why I roast butters a lot more than I probably should. But I'm just like, you know what? Like, let's just get into it. Like, who cares if we're arguing and bantering on stream? Like, we have time to kill. Let's just do it. Let's make it at least entertaining for, for the time being. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's way... So, I watch a lot of the TCG um, stuff. And 
minus I think like Shelby and Ethan, mm-hmm. it's pretty like I'm trying to I'm I say it nicely because there, <laughs> there could be it's very dry. Yes. Um and I understand it's a card game, but you can bring something to it, but like it gets to the point where like the go side is so rowdy Mm -hmm. that you can hear the cheering and everything going on. And I know it's go because it's happening more often. VGC is very sporadic. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like one after another. Oh, ah, ah." (laughs) and you can hear it coming in through like the casters microphones. Mm hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) something's (laughs) going on over there. You should probably bring that over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like I watched, I watched the uh, I watched the NAIC NAIC final um, for TCG, and I don't know if you watched the TCG stuff at all, but literally the last the last match was I think a minute and forty five seconds. What was that quick? Yes, I think I heard about that. So uh, Cyrus, she just basically got set up right away, got a card that could pull a card that she could switch out. And it was just it was done. Like it was I think she got two moves or two turns. Wow. um, And it was done. And it was hype. Like it was hype watching it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. Like Uh if she gets this card, like it's done. Game over. And they're just like, oh, okay. She got the artillery. <laughs> okay. She's using the, the single strike search. Yeah. Oh, she got the water tower. And that's game. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was it. I was just like, oh, my gosh. You could have done so much more. Uh, with that. Still, my favorite moment from any casting was DeFi with the boost. The boost, boost, boost. <laughs> Wait, which which moment was that one? In? Uh, this was in, I think, was this Indy? Or no, Milwaukee, I believe it was. Oh, okay. And gotcha. it was a Obstagoon got a boost, and she just lost it. And it was <laughs> it was DeFi breaking out of her shell a little bit, because she was so lo- looking so nervous and yeah, yeah. things. And I know DeFi pretty well through the community, mm-hmm. and she's not normally that nervous. And you could tell it was the – and she, it just – that boost hit, and she broke out, and I'm like, this is memorable. <laughs> this was high. And I still, to this day, I'm like – Every time I talk to her, it's like boost, and she's like, "I, I know, I love it." Yeah. But like, it, it, but it was a memorable thing mm-hmm. because it was her real personality coming out. And I think all the casters have gotten a lot better of letting your own personality, your actual personalities, mm-hmm. come away from kind of being this stiff formal that you have to be for the Pokemon Company. Yeah, but just stretching it a little bit to see when they're going to tell you to stop. Yeah, yeah. So far, they haven't really, for the most part, which is nice too. I think um, Daniel being kind of our like boss in a way as a producer has definitely helped um, make a lot of us feel comfortable and just like kind of being ourselves because he, he's like, I mean, he's, he's always like, yeah, like let's, let's make some good content, right? Like he's down to push. I mean, we all know like Daniel's in there before he even be- worked for a Pokemon company, he was making t- wild TikToks and like, you know, his Twitch streams are all over the place too. And it was like super entertaining. Right. And I think like he, he wants to make it more like he wants the entertainment value to be up there. Cause you know, battles would be battles, right? Like that's not going to change. Um, but I think, yeah, making a good stream is really just something nice. as simple as bringing in the replay in a, in a, I see. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, for, the, for the, I love that. I was like, Oh, this is what we need. Yep. 
And it, it also makes it less awkward when you guys are having to stall for a dispute. Because now yes. we can go back and look at what was that dispute thing happening. And mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, I, the growth of Go in just a year yeah. is Huge. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he like, was, I can't wait Daniel for this was hired season. in November, too. And I, I got to yeah. say, too, like, to credit to him, it's not just him, but a lot of these changes were him, right? And and uh, they were all, I think, for the better, which is nice, too. Um, so huge shout-out, too. And, and I think, um, I don't know, me personally, at least, I think he exceeded all my expectations because I was just like, when he got hired, I was like, what's this guy going to do? Like, make, like, TikToks on the, like, for, for the Pokemon <laughs> company or, like, do some, like, transition backgrounds and stuff, like, green screens, right? Like, that's what I had in my mind. But, um, but no, he, he really, he really helped push the envelope in, in a really, a lot of great ways. I mean, a, a year ago, we were, like, we were, we had trivia on the breaks, right? Like, we were just, like, there, and, I mean, they were okay. But, like, after a while, you're just like, dude, I've seen this trivia question, like, 10 times. Like, I could do without, like, a 15-minute trivia break. So, um but yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely been it's definitely been quite a growth. Um, and, and Astro saying like you know, Go was like really like you kind of hear some of the Go's hype during TCG, and I think the tough part, um, you know, and something I reflect on as a commentator is like casting for like VGC and TCG. I feel like it's really tough too because they're like such slower paced games. Like they actually have like play by play and like color commentary, like casters, like kind of more distinguished roles, whereas like. For Go, like, you kind of have to be a play-by-play person to a degree no matter what, right? You might not be great at color commentary, but you almost have to because if I'm casting with, like, Astro and, like, I'm a color commentary, he does play-by-play, if well, we have to kind of pass it off unless I want him to speak for, like, three minutes straight. When he has to take a breath, I have to say something. I can't be like, all right, well, let's analyze this, like, in the middle of, like, a fast move and, like, charge move, like, situation, right? Um, so you kind of have to have a little bit of both, which I think for me personally is great because – one, it keeps your energy up, right? Because I can't imagine sitting there for TG or VGC and like just waiting for certain moves. Like I think like one VGC match at OCIC at the Oceania International, um, it went on for 45 minutes. It was like a stall out game, right? It was like a Don Dozo stall out game or something. And I just remember looking at the casters nearby me. They're like standing up trying not to fall asleep, right? Because they're just like, like, they're like, dude, like they know what's going on. But like, how do you commentate a stall out game and make it interesting? They're literally stalling out for 45 minutes. It was crazy to me. I was like, dude, I'm just glad. I mean, like, if we have a timeout game and go, like, sometimes it's usually more exciting than not because it's like it comes out to the last second. But yeah, 45 I think even harder in go is the RPS based games. Mm-hmm. And you can even, I, yeah, I can even see the commentators. They're sitting there like, like you <laughs> yeah. can see your face, like, oh, this game is over, but uh, I've got to figure out something to say. Like, yeah. you can see the wheel starting to turn. It's yeah. like, okay, how can we make this game that we all know how it's going to end <laughs> still exciting? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it, I'm still there looking at my watching. I'm like, yeah, we all know where this is going, yeah. but if you do, if if you don't understand the intricacies of the game, mm-hmm. it it still pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I, yeah, I, but I can only imagine how hard that is. Oh, yeah. look, it's a lantern into a Skarmory. <laughs> yeah. They're screwed. <laughs> yeah, Skarmory is not super meta, but lantern yeah. knockdown is still not fun. Yeah, I mean, for those situations, like the worst is like because we see almost every tournament back when Trevenant was meta. Like you saw a knockdown into Trevenant on stream at least like four or five times every stream, right? And there's just like you just know everyone knows at that point it's like it's just over, right? But uh, you got like I personally eventually got to the point where I'm just like you know what like i just call it how it is right like i call a spade a spade right i was just like yeah this one's over like there's nothing they could do right sometimes you make a joke be like look they could like leave the phone come back in five minutes they'll still be like they'll still win the game right but um yeah it's sometimes i mean luckily trevenant's not really in the meta anymore for those kind of matchups but yeah we do still get some pretty rps ones from time to time 
See, that's where you need that third person. Like, <laughs> yeah. like a bald guy with a beard that just has like some random things. Like, okay, have you ever seen Dodgeball? I have, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so uh, what is it? Jason Bateman's character, uh, Pepper, uh-huh. where he's just kind of like sitting there like, and then he's just like, whoa, Cotton, that was, that <laughs> ball went fast. <laughs> like, just, just like the random things, just to kind of like, you know, you guys got to be a little more serious. You just have the one person who yeah. just, you know, will say random things that bill, don't okay. make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I and every, it's acceptable because it's me <laughs> it's like it's like when you're um it's like one of those like talk shows whoever like it's like it's sometimes the producer or the musician in the back you'll just say like a random one-liner right to yeah. like to like throw it in like there. i do i'll just i yeah. you don't even have to pay me just let me sit there and i'll just randomly <laughs> say words i'll just be like fast move yeah we'll tell everyone it's just a random soundboard we have that, that <laughs> i'm a live soundboard <laughs> yeah a live soundboard yeah one thing i did notice too especially at neic and and euic actually too because um they were there at both is unite like we're talking about go can be hyped dude unite players and like their game is hype right or at least the crowd is right like i could hear like like i think same thing when you're saying like oh in tcg the, the TCG stream, you could hear the Go audience. And some of the Go streams, you could hear the Unite audience, right? You know it's Unite too, based on how loud they are in the situation, like how long they're cheering for. And, you know, again, I think part of it is just like the game itself because like it's just so fast paced. Like there's something happening every second, especially in that last two minutes. And like the game could be super close. And um, the fact that they were at EUIC and NSC this year, definitely showed you know some of that because the sound definitely bled over at least at worlds i feel like we weren't really on the stage at the same time they were and also like our mics were like way further from the audience too so it, it didn't really catch a lot of that so but, um, correct even at worlds wasn't it only an invitational last year for um unite yeah so for worlds uh it was kind of the same, same setup for like yeah. most worlds setups like they just have a set amount of teams um but we didn't like a lot of times i guess they didn't really they weren't really sharing the stage at the same time i think sometimes they did but a lot of times they weren't um but yeah i don't know i didn't i didn't hear too much overlap i think like i remember specifically at one point in time they were waiting for go to finish uh like our commentary before they could even start their stream yeah so correct me if i'm wrong caleb but mm-hmm. um the majority of unite's competition is done online correct yes correct yeah so, so outside of getting last together- year yeah, them getting together at an NAIC is like it's twice as hype because mm-hmm. they don't get all those regionals like we get. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. For for like NAIC, uh, honestly, EUIC, NAIC uh, are probably like um, and Worlds last year the only three times they had in person Unite tournaments. And for a lot of these people, every like people at NAIC, it's like their first time meeting people in person, right? Um, because they just, they, yeah, all the tournaments are online. And I think it makes sense, like, because they have, like, monthly, like, qualifiers or regionals yeah. or whatever. And, like, some, like depending on the week, they have, like, hundreds of teams every weekend. Like, I competed in a couple with my team, uh, like, in the first season, and, like, there's just no feasible way to get everyone flown in at a certain point. But, um, but yeah. But, so, so, but I think, again, I don't think they will ever have a format where, like, it's, like, like TCG, VGC, and Go regionals where like they just fly in to compete. But I think so far it looks like it's well received for the internationals. My guess is they'll show up at the they'll they'll have like stipends to fly players out to internationals and then for worlds too. Um so 
it's it's been nice too. Yeah, and they have five per, people per roster, right? So like if you if you have someone drop, it's like a huge headache, right? Um, but yeah, so that's that's probably the biggest reason. But yeah, they're really hype, and uh, me personally, like it'd probably be something I would definitely be down to just like commentate for fun one day, just to see how it is, because I play some from time to time with my friends, and it's definitely a lot of fun too. You only hit master ball every season, right? Uh, so yeah, so it's really easy to hit master in unite. Like you don't have to be a good player. You can have like a losing win rate. Um, but like for context, like the good players, they'll hit it in the first day, right? Like it's just like impossible to hit legend and go like go hitting the highest rank of any of these games. Go is by far the hardest by like, like miles. <laughs> like it's actually incredibly hard to hit legend compared to all these other games. All the other games you could probably hit it within a, a day or a few, a week or two. Um, but go is, uh, pretty, pretty tough, even if you're good at the game. So, um, yeah, I want to say I'm very good when I played with my, um, team, we, we, I was a captain of the team and I, I called the team the scrubs. Um, so if anytime we lost, people were like, ah, we just lost some, like we just beat some scrubs, no big deal. But anytime we win, they are like, oh dude, how'd these scrubs beat us? Right. But for the most part, our record properly aligned with our team name like we would a lot of these like grassroots tournaments are like double elim we would just go o2 every time <laughs> so <laughs> but uh it was it was still fun it was still fun but um yeah so anyway um i oh, i guess any anyone else's thoughts on on play pokemon this year too um on like how your experience was and like maybe things you kind of look forward to maybe next year um i mean my thought is kind of our hot take that we were going to do later. So okay. Okay, I, well, you know, we can, we can wait that, on yeah. that, but yeah. um, organization, I think needs to tighten up too. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like making sure people are there and not just that, but just like the whole starting on time, like the using challenge is just awful. Mm -hmm. It's so terrible. And the fact that it, go doesn't get a lunch break but yeah. is expected to compete not as long as tcg but pretty long without a lunch like a lunch or dinner break is pretty insane like i remember when we went to columbus last year was it columbus with, uh, with for with nsc lyle? yeah yeah no, it was lyle i think it was orlando okay yes it was orlando so um lyle we all went to literally just right outside to the concession stand to get food. By the time we got our food and went and we weren't even sit sitting down, like just found like a table or something to put like our hot dogs on. Lyle looks at his phone and he's got to go, go battle. He didn't even get to eat his food. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No food breaks. I mean, the weird part is sometimes VGC and TG they don't have food breaks and they they play Swiss that's, so they they, really, they have to play the whole time too which is even worse yeah um yeah uh, remind me which which tournaments did you go to you said you went to Orlando right and then uh so we went um I went to NAIC last year so mm -hmm. the first the first yeah. year um we did Orlando and Charlotte yeah okay gotcha nice yeah friends. but I plan on being at a lot more this this go around yeah. maybe not on the go side but i'll be there okay i'll be good i'll be good uh what about you matthew you said you went to orlando right and maybe yeah orlando was my only one uh okay. like astro and, and the other guys i plan on attending a lot more 
uh, for the 2024 season. So really looking forward to to that because I had a great time. I thought that the experience was uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. It really like lit a fire in me to like want to do more of these uh, pick sh- pick six show three tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what are your thoughts? All of your thoughts on if we're to do championship points like VGC and TCG rather than top two, right? Oh, and God. so, so the caveat to this is, well, I, I have a question: championship points or current format? And then also the follow up question is: Would you rather be double elimination like it's currently or a Swiss format? Swiss, obviously, everyone plays every round. Probably no lunch breaks. <laughs> like we don't have any anyway right now. But um, at least you play consistently rather than potentially just going O two. The best of the worlds is going to be a mix between everything you just said. Mm-hmm. So number one, we need we need they're we're going to championship points whether we like it or not. They're bringing championship points. But right now, the Go player base isn't large enough to support championship points for world qualification. Mm-hmm. So what we sh- what we need to see happening is championship points should be travel packages, mm-hmm. and the qualification still goes first, second, regionals, and then maybe you have the wild card of you know two or three wild cards of championship point qualifications mm-hmm. at the end. Okay. And then format wise, I think we need a Swiss day one into a single elimination bracket day two. Oh, a single elim. Okay. Yeah, like day two should be single elim. And that way, we still keep the speed of which we can get through our tournaments. Mm-hmm. But you still have the heightness. Because one of the things that's great about Go right now is you only have to go on one run to qualify. Mm-hmm. Lot, you know, our great friend Lyles, Lyles Jeff 3, mm-hmm. went on a run at NAIC. He's going to Worlds now. He could only compete at three regionals this year. Mm-hmm. And based on one, if, if our points were like VGC and TCG, even in those three competitions, he would have not been, even if you won two of the three, mm-hmm. wouldn't have had enough points to qualify for Worlds. So we need the heightness of one one day perfect run and you you qualified. Right, right, right. Go that right now, Go needs that hype level. Mm-hmm. But also championship points make it more fun and, and it rewards the people that do attend multiple events. Yeah. Okay. What about what about everyone else? What do y'all think? So I like the okay. sorry. Go ahead, Astro. No, go ahead. I I like the Swiss style just because um like the uh going into like losers bracket obviously it's like it's it's a pretty big ball buster you know when you know you're hyped up for your your first tournament or something and then uh but being able to have a Swiss style and and know that you have guaranteed five or six matches I think from just like a social standpoint like that that appeals to me so that like i can get my battle fix in instead of like two losses and Mm -hmm. you're out sorry yeah definitely not to mention it costs a lot to compete at these things matthew and if i only get a battle twice oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, for 60 dollars, i'd like to i like more battles please Mm -hmm. and it just helps you also with like uh more experience in battling too so that's how i would take it as well yeah so when they first started hinting at the championship points for Go, mm-hmm. um, I actually went online and took the TO exam okay. um, to be an organizer or professor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got that. Um, I worked. Uh, I got my TCG judge like certificate 
and then I'm taking like the classes for Go. But the problem I see with it, and there's gonna be there's gonna be people who are going to come back at me for saying this, but if you're coming back, just think of your community versus other communities. So you think like me and Dino are in South Florida. Mm-hmm. You would think that there would be a large enough community that these things would be happening every week. Right. Dino, what happened to the last, the first one? Uh, Didn't it get canceled? canceled. Yeah, yeah, it got canceled because I think there was like nobody showed three it. or four people. They didn't have enough to, to do it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. So, but I think the biggest issue, like at least what I'm seeing is, so first of all, Every you have to have a, it has to be at like a comic store or a retail store that is, um, I guess, sanctioned by uh, po- the Pokemon company mm-hmm. to do sanctioned uh, tournaments. Um, otherwise, it's just local play that doesn't count for anything. Um, a lot of those stores already have TOs that work for the store. Mm-hmm. Like set there. Right. And they've been doing TCG or TCG and VGC for years. And now you walk in and you're like, hey, can we do go here? And they're just like, what benefit does that bring to our store? Because mm. you got to think about it when if you don't play go. What does a comic book store sell? Right. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is like the owners thinks thinks to themselves, what is the benefit of me having a bunch of people using up my Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's all it is. Them. Yeah. Um. So I've been finding it extremely hard to get anything like to get anyone to even consider running a go tournament. And let alone trying to place it between One Piece, between Pokemon, between Magic, between D&D. Like, these places have things every single night. Mm -hmm. And you don't touch a comic book store when it's Magic Night. Like, you cannot do anything on that. And those are normally, like, Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I've been finding it very difficult. So, like, what Wildcat was saying, championship points going towards uh, travel packages, I think would be a fair option until it becomes more accessible for people to actually have tournaments, let alone compete in those tournaments. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the other barrier too is even if you have a great deal with like a comic store or like a card store, uh, to my understanding, you can only host one tournament at one location per month. So yes. I don't know what they're doing in Arizona to host all these, but I think it's like the same TO, and that's why a lot of the people that were earned um, travel packages to NAIC are from Arizona. But their TO there has like some great setup with like all these different comic book slash card stores that are officially already sanctioned by the Pokemon company. And they're just hosting like multiple per month. Right. Which is great for the local players. <laughs> um, yeah. We have that set up in Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. We have that set up in Lexington luckily as well. Seagull has done a great job locally here. Uh, we have four to five sanctioned tournaments a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Cause we have 
four to five different game stores that were already sanctioned by Go- or by Pokemon Company, mm-hmm. and just so happened he he knows the people really well. And he, we've all met Seagull in the community before. Yeah. He's good at talking to people. He may not be good at a lot of things, but he's good at talking. To <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be pretty good at a lot of things too. Yeah, yeah. No, he is. Yeah. Seagull's, Seagull's an IRL friend of mine, actually. So. I have to give him a hard time when I can, but yeah. So he's he's made it set up, and that's why you see Daniel Long mm-hmm. actually get that travel packages for NAIC because we had the accessibility. Yeah, right. He was able to do four to five tournaments a month and mm-hmm. sweep most of those tournaments. Yeah. So it 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 is an issue right now, but I hope it doesn't stay stay an issue long term. I mean, we we even know with just trying to organize something for New York, how hard it is to find a venue right now. Right, and we mm-hmm. weren't even trying to do an official sanctioned tournament. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I I love that we're going to points, but I I think for at least another season, if not two, there's going to have to be kind of a hybrid approach between what we're doing now versus what we're going to go to. Yep, definitely. Um, something I was going to ask you, especially someone that's like involved with Zygarden, is, uh, well, part of Part of the decline in so participation is well, actually, I haven't done the question too. This is a side question, but I'll, I'll ask after this first one. Um, part of the decline in so participation is probably because of all these regionals, especially in North America, where they're kind of spoiled. There's like regionals all over the place, but and even in a lot of other places, right? Um, that's probably why you probably see a lot more so participation in parts of Asia. Like I feel like India community is just super like going through the roof in PP lately, right? And they don't have really any regionals. They have one qualifier they go to a year, so they got nothing else they can really focus on for show six except for Sylph, right? Um, and faction stuff. But uh, especially for NA, EU, and even LATAM too, right? There's a lot of the TPCI events are definitely pulling attention away from, pulled attention away from Sylph before like we even knew that it was like, this was the last season, right? Um, and now with locals potentially coming in more next year, that's also going to be there too. Um, so I guess my question for you and you might not have the answer but just maybe stuff that you all discuss maybe marketing plans stuff like that how do you sell like a new grassroots format to a bunch of people when one their attention was already splitting towards tbci events but then now with locals coming up and then maybe i i don't know i i really don't know personally if there's gonna be championship points but if there are championship points then you have people focus on going to even more events because they know that they have a shot at going to worlds even if they never get first or second they just get like top 10 top 20 or something at some of these um or just attending enough locals to rack up some small championship points for that like what's the strategy from the side garden side uh on getting that engagement right that is a great question that's something we've been talking a ton about internally Mm -hmm. um and and the problem is there's no easy answer if you talk to five different people you're going to get five different answers and we all know in person is important. Mm-hmm. It's it's an extremely important. We need to grow our communities, but a lot of that work is going to be on the community itself. We can provide all the metas in the world. We can make an amazing platform that is the easiest thing to use in the world. But if the local communities don't want to push it, it's never going to succeed in a local standpoint. Mm-hmm. That is one of the, the big balances. And we've been talking about different ways to incentivize local play over only doing remotes. Because one of the big things we, you know, I, I brought up when I was talking about this myself was, hey, 
why would I go to a local tournament where I could risk losing to a very low ranked player that only ever does five local tournaments Mm -hmm. instead of going to do this remote one where I know I can either win or at least face higher ranked opponents and not hurt my ELO Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes. So we're trying to figure out a way to balance that ELO formula out to allow for appropriate weighting to in-person, but not make in-person so overweighted that the remote doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So it's a very fine balancing. And it's something that we're we're doing our best and we may not get it right the first season. Mm -hmm. We may not get it right. It's going to take time in the community behind it to grow. That's the nice, really important part about Zygarden is we want to be community driven. Everything we've put out, we've put to votes. We've made sure that we're getting the community's feedback to come. Because in the end, we're not doing this for us. Yes, mm-hmm. Zygarden's made up of a lot of hardcore PvP players. But we're not building it for ourselves. We're trying to build it for the greater good of the community. And I know, Matthew, you, you've also been very involved. Anything to add there? Um, I would just say, like, the emphasis of it is putting the power back into, like, the community's hands. So that was the main focus of the platform and the main reason why Zygarden wanted to make it very clear that, like, they are not controlling everything. They're leaving that up to each individual community, which is just going to, like, use the the platform to host their tournaments. We're just giving them the tools to for them to be able to do what they love doing which is just battling so that's the main that's the main focus of it right now yeah yeah that's awesome okay well that's good to know um my side question was because uh, i just thought about it when i was about to ask the first one is uh especially for remote tournaments i know sylph had like a 128 person cap i remember when the pandemic first started there was this one tournament I think for a toxic cup, which was going to be the meta and someone created online, be like, Oh, we're going to do online format. And there were like 700 people RSVP for this tournament, right? Before Sylph like worked in their website to like limit the cap to 120. They had to like shut down that whole tournament and like everyone had to do new registrations. Cause everyone's like, dude, why would you not join a 700 person tournament when like, especially when the waiting purposes, like the, the bigger your weighted tournament is, the more points you get, right? In Sylph's ranking, especially back in the day, when you're going like 10 times weight one thing. Um, so I just remember that so vividly. And then obviously they scaled it down to 128, which I think at the end of the day was for the better. Um, but is there going to be some type of cap like that as well or TBD? Unknown by me currently. Okay. I that that is part of the web dev team Mm -hmm. that I do my best to go. Hey, how's it going? Okay, I'll go back (laughs) sit in my corner and not get involved. No, I I could do that work, but I don't have the time to do that work. So I'm like, there are people that volunteered to do it. I'm turning it over to their very very capable hands, and I trust them. Sounds good. Yeah, I think the 120 was also because it was during COVID, and they wanted to limit some of that stuff. But I think, um, personally speaking, I think if it was like a live tournament, they could they could they should have a probably bigger cap assuming people have like eight hours in a day to play a tournament in, in live but um that's just i think part of that day. too was if you get above 128 swiss rankings get a little wonky mm, okay yeah. just from a, the way the back-end math and the um, formula works out mm-hmm. it can really kind of the, the mess with the overall rankings when you get that many people because you're not going to have enough of the top players playing the other top players Right, right, right. Because you're still typically limited at most eight to ten rounds mm-hmm. in a Swiss formatting. 
So it, it does become somewhat of an issue just from a number of player standpoint as well and working out the formula correctly. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but either way, I mean, I hope Zygarn goes well. I think the one thing you can't really replace with TPCI events is team formats. And obviously that's not easy to work around, but I think there'll always be strong interest in that because and that's why we saw like factions and like gym breakers and stuff like that. Some of these team formats still thrive this past year, despite yeah. it, despite, you know, self individual, uh, competition declining a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. All right. So obviously we're recording this way before worlds right it's not even august yet but by the time you all hear this worlds is over and i thought it'd be fun for all of us to go around and predict who we think is going to win worlds what name one person and maybe like a brief sentence or two sentences or so on why you think this person is um i don't mind going first but last week our other pre-recorded episode i already threw out my prediction so the people that are bowcast listeners the loyal fans there will know what I'm going to say. So if any of you want have a person in mind you want to share, let's, we can start there. I feel like, do we want to be like biased here? Uh, I mean, if I'll be, be If you want to be biased, biased, you can't be biased. Yeah. Uh, I'm my, if I'm putting money on someone, I'm putting it on Lyle's Jeff three. Okay. Yeah. I Same think here. I, I just personally think he's in a zone right now coming off of NAIC and He's got the jitters out of him, um, and I I think he's gonna be a real tough out if he doesn't win the whole thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I listened to your podcast that week, and I listened to PP Corner Defy and Fish on Heaters podcast. It was funny because he was on both, so it was interesting to hear yeah. his. Um, he had similar perspectives, but there were some different things on both, which was kind of cool to kind of hear about his experiences there. I, I'm going to go with another friend of our, our show, uh, Magic Mason. Okay. I think just the level of play he's been at all season consistently, even when he's not bringing meta picks, mm-hmm. has been a little above the rest. He hasn't competed as many, but I think other than one tourney, he hasn't missed top eight. Uh, that I might be true. Only, yeah. Yeah. I think he only missed top eight one time. He missed, I know he missed at Charlotte's. But that might yeah, be. Yeah, I think that was one. his only one. Yeah. So I, I just think he's at that level right now where I feel very confident in saying that he, I, I will say he's the best battler in North America. Okay. So if it's not someone in North, if it's someone in North America that wins, it's going to be Mason. Okay. I like it. Dino, you're going with Lyle Jeffs as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was, I have to support Lyle Jeffs three as well, but if, uh, I had to choose and, and put money on another person. It'd probably be Dialap Churin. Mm, yeah, he's dialed I, in. <laughs> I was just like inspired by by the battles that that he was doing. It was it was it was definitely a sight to watch. Yeah, he's been killing it lately in uh, Silph as well. I mean, he won the North America Silph Continentals. He's like going three zero like consistently in Worlds factions Worlds, which. I think it's absolutely hilarious because he was going 0-3 like every week when he was on Deoxys Alberta defense in Emerald last cycle. <laughs> yeah, it was and like I was like, dude, what? Like how is like is he just like bad team building something? Because he faced against our team in the final week of last cycle when he was on Deoxys Alberta defense. And um and I uh I scrimmed against our great league player, DFH. He's a Japanese player, he's like really good with 
Dylep's team. I was like, dude, I think Dylep's just like trolling with his team build. Like, I can't take a single game off my teammate. <laughs> That's right. And of course, he got 3 0'd again. So I, we were all just like, man, this guy's just washed. Like, he was memeing himself, saying he was washed and stuff online. And then I don't know what happened when he went to Elite TMs at Worlds. Like, and the competition at Worlds is even stronger than North America Emerald Cycle. And uh, it's been killing it there. So, yeah, that's a pretty good prediction. So it looks like we're all going, well, so far, everyone's going NA. Uh, my personal prediction is also NA, but I, I personally speaking, I like to think that it's not biased, but it probably is because most of the battles I commentate are from NA. So like, I like really have like a microscope on a lot of these plays. Um, I'm actually going to go with Kimmy Sui, which was, uh, he was the Fort mm. Wayne winner and he got mm -hmm. second place in Milwaukee to Balk. Um, which was also pretty close when he reset the bracket. And Balk was really the only one that beat him. But he was in that, like, bracket death with Balk. Like, both of them came out of that same bracket. And in that bracket, it was, like, Rice Occasion, Enhoff, like, Keen Barge, Battle Bill, like, Leo Geo. Like, it was that whole bracket was su stupid stacked. And, like, I was just like, dude, the winner's probably coming out of this bracket. And turns out top two were from that bracket. So um, He was in that kind of bracket at, at Fort Wayne as well. The bracket Kimmy was in in Fort Wayne was also stacked. Oh, it probably was. Yeah. 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 I think he went through that one pretty crazy too. Um, yeah. That's that's the thing with these brackets. It's, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of hit or miss too. I sometimes come out of those brackets, but I usually have like an easier path on those. So uh, I can't complain as much. But some of those brackets are like really rough. So I got a question. I've asked the guys on our show a while back. So we we all know North America's meta really well. And we know uh -huh. European a little bit. We know a little Oceania meta. Yeah. What do you think is going to actually shake out meta wise when you look at all these different regions coming together? Do we is it going to be something completely different that takes the top, or or is it going to kind of solidify on that common meta we're used to seeing the meta yeah. chan lantern knockdown meta? Yeah, I feel like NA's always been like the safe, like going to play with meta. Or the other counter argument to that is the meta teams are the ones that have success, right? There might be people bringing spice, but um, arguably you could say the better players in NA are choosing not to bring spice, and maybe that's why they're winning with meta. Whereas some of the you know not as great players are bringing the spice picks. Um, EU has definitely have some interesting spice i feel like latam actually has decent spice too i mean latam was the same tournament someone brought with a chestnut right like it was kind of it's kind of wild and um uh, like even leic like jw naldo won with the tox specs which like tox specs like even before like noctow got buffed like it wasn't it was still like kind of questionably hard to use right especially when you have blender stumpus everywhere and um even without lantern blender stumpus and register were hard to play around um that being said i feel like I feel like Oceania is like kind of interesting. Like it's kind of too small of a sample size in my opinion, like Australia, New Zealand and stuff. But the other regions could be like a really mixed bag, like all the different Asian countries, especially Japan, right? Um, my personal theory is that I feel like some of these spice teams are not going to work as well at, at the world stage when you go against some of the meta, but because their regions have more spice, it's able to kind of shine because you're going spice for spice. However, I think it would be proven wrong on that theory because last year when I saw Lurgan Rockets team, he brought like the same team he brought to Liverpool as he brought to Worlds, right? And he like only played at Liverpool. He won the whole thing. So we're like, dude, this is really going to work. I think he got like fourth place overall with a Cresselia Diggersby team. Like, like just thinking back on that, even in last year's meta, that's just 
crazy right to me and he was like he beat like marto he beat axon like i'm like what is going like his core was just like and he was like the only one that even brought that right i mean it was just it was just wild so i i don't know i i i think that that's i think personally speaking the spiciest teams that will have success will probably be from some japanese players if i were to guess but just because they're very mechanically good and really good at the game but a lot and that aligns to what you see in vgc as well Oh, is that what, is that what happens in VGC? Yeah, typically yeah. in VGC, you, you see a very core meta here in North America. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time, a lot of the winners for VGC has come out of the APAC region. Really? Because, number one, their stuff's not televised like ours. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, all their tourneys aren't straight, so people don't know what to expect from those players. Yeah. And then they bring really weird teams <laughs> that you, you're not prepared for. Yeah. But they work really well together. So that's... It, it's... I'm really excited to see what we get at Worlds as far as the top 12 breakdown. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, all of us picked NA players, so I think we might all eat our words soon. But we'll see. <laughs> well, actually, everyone listening already knows if we did or not. Um, actually, quick question for VGC. Do you, do you know if Ray Rizzo ended up qualifying for Worlds this year? Because I knew it was like a whole like fiasco in Japan. I think they kept it re-yanked from them. Oh, so they took it back? A manipulated game file. Hmm. Okay. was found gotcha, gotcha. uh which hey that's kind of nice to see that they're finally taking that serious considering historically the pokemon company just told their people don't hack your or not, not pokemon company play because they are sort of separate right you know the, the official ruling was just breed everything in pokeballs wink wink mm. that was actually said after the sun and moon world championships gotcha. when one of the winners was found to have a hacked pokemon on their team that was not possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Especially it's like not even like. Yeah, they had. They had. A, I think they had a starter and a great ball, which was not something you could do at the time. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and the, and the the official ruling was, well, just breed everything in pokeballs. Yeah. I'm like, Interesting. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. nice. That's that's a way to say something without saying something, right? I feel like if they um. Because the biggest benefit is breeding for a specific IV spread and, you know, bottle caps kind of alleviates those that are looking for perfect. But if you want like a lower stat mm-hmm. line, like you're trying to use trick room, wherever you want like zero attack or zero speed or something like that. Zero speed. Yeah. yeah. Like they just need to introduce like a rusty bottle cap or something, right? Like to like drop it down or something. Even back in the sun and moon air, it was, it was more than that. You also had the EV training portion that could take oh, yeah. hours on the end. Mm-hmm. You then had to get, egg moves which had to be bred at the correct time oh my god there's no with this yeah. where you could just move an egg move from one pokemon to right. another immediately didn't happen back then okay so literally i i built a competitive team mm-hmm. back in i think it was black i had one in black and white and one in sun and moon era i spent hundreds of hours oh my god putting it together yeah for just to find out it was completely and utterly useless because <laughs> oh, i man. didn't understand the meta well <laughs> so yeah. It was a common thing. Now, like I said, they're they're making it easier. Mm-hmm. They're making it easier to build legitimate competitive Pokemon. So if they're going to crack down on that, and that's the reason Rizzo was banned, I hate it for them. But it's good for the sport kind of thing. Yeah. Just like when we, we had issues in, in Go where we've had, you know, play, not on purpose, but using the wrong Pokemon built. Uh-huh. Yep. Hey, you, you take your loss yeah, and you move yeah. on. Right, right, right. So I'm okay with it. I hate it. I hate it for them, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's also interesting to see that, like, the... um, Well, I guess it's, like, the Pokemon company probably working with, like, Game Freak or whatever to make these things 
more accessible and easier to get. My only hope is that the Pokemon company, I'm sure from their end, they're trying to do this, but Niantic is also malleable and flexible enough to take their recommendations, right? They're working with the game developers to push the issue to make it more accessible. But You don't want another boom burst season? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Dude, that was the the worst part wasn't even like we had three months of boom burst. The worst part was we had six months of the same meta. And it felt like at an eternity. It didn't even feel like six months. It felt like way longer than that. But and, and now we're getting counter polyrath three weeks before worlds. Yeah, which I don't personally think is going to be that good for Great League at least, but I, I I'd be down to see it. I I did some math. If you look at the top twelve usage from NAIC, uh-huh. it's nine and three. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because it beats it loses. It it, Charizard was a problem. Metacham and Charm Ninetales, right? It handled the rest of them, including Knockdown. Wait, it loses the Charizard too? Maybe only just Ultra League. Oh, okay. Yeah, it beats it in Ultra League, but it loses in Great League. Okay. So, but even even if it's not something that we see at Worlds, Mm -hmm. if we don't see it, it's still a shift that could be there. You have to plan for it now. Yeah. Yeah. Versus six months of the most stale meta we've had in a while. Well, my hope is also afterwards. Um, it's going to be closing out September in the new GBL season. Hopefully, we have another big update too. Besides the fact that carping is going to be allowed, like that, that in itself. Oh man, do I, the Galarian I, birds get allowed? Do you think? Honestly, like I don't think that's the worst idea, especially because everyone has a master ball now that they could guarantee the catch on something. Like the Galarian birds aren't really. I, don't know, I say they're not that good, but I definitely lost a couple like random like Galarian Articuno in Great League, and I'm just like, I feel embarrassed to even share this, but it, it has happened. So, um, I think yeah, I think at a certain point the Galarian birds should be should be eligible. Um, but yeah, I mean, arguably speaking, a Galarian bird is easier to acquire than a fully powered up Metachamp <laughs> if you're a newer player, right? So yeah, and, and Carbink will be fairly accessible, just yeah. expensive. <laughs> at go fast because it's tier two rates expensive yeah but probably worth it i don't know probably and don't don't ever feel embarrassed about losing to a galarian bird because there's somebody here who lost to a starmie <laughs> wait what's he be designed power up to <laughs> uh in ultra league i believe <laughs> no, Masters. Oh, it was no, master league master league <laughs> It was was this like making a video or something? I don't even know. No, it was Home Slice. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, to be fair, I almost lost a Home Slice Henry running a Bastion Ultra League, and he led it into my jealousies. Yeah. It was uh... I I'm gonna make Caleb kick me off the show real fast now. Oh, uh... Carping's just a better Bastion. You okay, you say that. But I was actually coaching, I was coaching one of my patrons. Just so quick. No, no, no. I know. I know what you're saying, right? I, I me personally, I probably will drop the Bastion to run Carbink in future tournaments for the foreseeable future. Especially with freaking Zygarde coming out. My gosh, like Bastion has nowhere to go these days. But you say that, but almost every team I was coaching my patron in the other day, he was running Carbink in Great League. Almost every team he lost to was a Bastion <laughs> because the Bastion just like outbulks the carpet, right? Yeah. yeah, just walls it. I mean, yeah, the Registeel too, but Registeel, like, he had some play, but the Bastion was the biggest problem for him because I think, uh, I forgot, I think it was running like, um, I don't even remember, it was like a Sableye Registeel carving team or something. I don't know. It was something, it was something, it was something like that, but, um, but yeah, 
Yeah, but Bastian does win the head-to-head, but Bastian, I, I mean, from my own personal experience, it's very hard to bring in show six. So, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think it's time for our hot takes around the room, if you're all ready. So, coming into this episode, I was I proposed we each have a hot take we present to the to the other you know co-hosts and people on the podcast and uh, everyone shares their response and opinion to this i don't know how long it's going to take we have to speed run this uh, depending on what the hot takes are uh, but does anyone want to present their hot take right off the bat i'll go all right because it kind of it kind of plays into what we've kind of been talking yes about right, the, right you're talking about the playbook one thing yeah uh-huh okay. all over the place here okay uh so this is my hot take competitive pokemon go will not last another two years unless TPC or TPCI step in to govern Niantic more closely or even take over. Mm, okay. All right. In two, you said another two years? I, I give it, I would give it two years. Okay. If, if they don't in just in my, there seems to be no effort to, diversify the game yeah um where like the pokemon companies does that with vgc and they do it with tcg every so many months there's a rotation things get banned this and that and it just doesn't seem like that's the route that's being taken Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if that's because there's not enough viable Pokemon outside of that or what's going on, but also um, one point, because uh, I had bounced this back with them, was if the game is playing bad and they continue, Niantic continues to alienate their player base like they've been doing over the past couple of months, you're going to have nobody to compete. Eventually, people are just going to stop playing the game. Right. Okay. Or at least the PvP side of things. Yeah. Um, I mean, competitive catching? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> has the best uh, catch rate on these Galarian birds. Um, my, uh, my personal response to that is uh, twofold. I think, I for the most part, I would probably agree with you on that. Um. I think the big thing is I don't think TPCI will ever take over the game, right? I don't know if they have the op- like even ability to because I don't think Niantic's the kind of company that will sell their product to TPCI for that. Um, but I for the most part agree with you, and my guess is with the hiring of like Daniel Zaniri and like Mel and stuff, and maybe future other people from the Go community, there's more potential pressure. Yeah, like proper pressure and informed informed pressure on Niantic to change some stuff. So we'll see. I mean, for me personally, it's not even just the move updates. It's the accessibility is the hardest, like the biggest barrier, in my opinion, for for Pokemon Go competitive, yeah. right? I mean, it's a huge yeah. it's a huge gap compared to TCG and VGC now. Mm-hmm. Um, like TCG. I mean, for 30 bucks, no, I think right now you can get a Gardevoir deck for like 80 bucks on yeah. TCG player. And as long as you learn how to play it, you can be semi-competitive. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be top 
tier, but you'll be able to get a couple wins out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's uh, the joke because I started playing TCG and I've been doing pretty well in my local. And my wife told me <laughs> the other day, she's like, "Man, you're you're better at that than you are at Go." <laughs> Yeah. But it's just there's there's a uh, it's it's definitely harder and a lot more intricate than people think. Um, but also like it's I don't see I see it kind of going in the way that like unite kind or not unite uh poking tournament went mm. like everyone was real hype on it when it first started, but because the lack of updates, the lack of new characters. It was just the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And eventually people just stopped playing. Oh, it's fair. Mm. Other responses to the hot take or maybe their own hot takes if you I'd, agree? I agree, so. Yeah, I, th- that, that's the least hot take I've heard in a while. I can give my, my hot take. Yeah, let's um, hear it. Abandoning a match should triple your ELO loss for it. Like top lefting, no. We, or like force quit app. Force quit when oh. you when you literally force someone to sit there and watch <laughs> their screen spin for ten minutes. <laughs> should be a triple elo loss. I always love it when they do that to Wildcat because he just yeah. gets so mad. Yeah, I, I don't have forty seconds in my life to wait for this now. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that. Dude, that is super frustrating. I personally have never done that, and I just can't. Im- it's it's also like so much more time consuming than just top lefting, right? You have to reboot the app. So my counterpoint there is what if your app crashes like in a game, right? Like your app crashes and you just can't get back into it. And so so that's a double like feel bad moment because you, you lost a game that you maybe could have won. And then also you lose triple the ELO for it, right? On the game glitch. But th- this game never crashes. Come on. <laughs> it's a perfectly coded game. Oh, yeah. Never. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad he didn't say, well, they can code in the 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 log to tell you if it's a crash <laughs> or a force close. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God. that's, ne- that's not that's not going to happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen at all. Yeah. Other <laughs> other hot takes. Yeah. Uh, I have one that's actually it's funny because we always mess with uh, this member in our Discord about running this all the time. Uh, but in all reality, I was going to say that this was actually brought up and we were coaching somebody and I don't know how this was brought up. I think Lyle was there too. Uh, and then basically we said that uh, using Grasshole mm-hmm. takes skill to run. Wait, who said this? No, I think I, I was Matthew. Who was it that mentioned it? Or did we just like bring this it up? This was the general conversation. It was just the we general conversation. Having. Yeah. And then we just said that because I know a bunch of people say that it's like mindless to run this like grass hole. Yeah. And some other people say that you actually do have to get some skill in it to get like higher elo, right? So that's why I was like, I think I think you can because this guy in particular, he did run grass hole to legend. Um, and then other people are like, oh, dude, I can get past to like 20 hundreds, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of think that you do to a certain extent. But yes, I know the whole tap tap thing, but that's that's my hot take. Yeah, I personally think like people just sit on the extremes of that argument on both ends. So both have like valid reasons. Like I obviously like it's not completely mindless, right? Otherwise everyone hit legend <laughs> with it. But exactly. 
In my opinion, it still takes way less skill, right? You can only do so much when your moves are that slow, right? And it's all right. fast move pressure based, right? Um, whereas, yeah, I, I that's you, <laughs> like that's like that's their that's like the little hope they hold on to. The people making those arguments, like, well, like it it takes it doesn't take no skill. I'm like, well, no one said it takes. Well, some people are saying no skill, but I think it's a hyperbole. It's just it takes some skill it takes less skill in my opinion and it's unfortunately oh, something sure. you can't you can't actually run in a in a play it's pokemon like, show six tournament successfully the only person that yeah. actually does that consistently is meteor Falian, who has made well, top cut a decent amount of times but he's also not made top cut a lot of times he's the guy that runs fast onion, like every every regional didn't onion frank run i believe uh like a meme team like back in the day like he did have like shadow victory but i believe right oh uh, onion frank used to be super dj i mean he was running double charm in like masterly too but he yeah. ran um <laughs> he ran shadow alone nine tails with a bassidon and a medi i think and he would wow. just like two shield through everything to win alignment with the charm a9 um Jeez. Yeah, I don't know what he did with the against the Nidoqueen. Queen. I think a Nidoqueen, Queen, he still like whittled down enough, finished off with a Metacham, and then like Bastion just usually wrecks whatever's in the back because of the coverage that usually. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, but but the thing is, like a lot of these people can't put their money where their mouth is. They'll never run it in tournaments. Like Onyx oh, no. doesn't run Bastion ever in tournaments. Like he runs like some basic. Team. I think he ran Shadow Vic a few times early on the season and just like yeah. stopped doing it. He was running with Gfist, which like in my opinion, I was just like. Dude, don't like go half degen. Like, just fully commit if you're going to go degen. Like, why are you running a Shadow Vic with a, with the Gfist? Like, you're just like you're like even weaker to knocked out. Like, yep. like just full commit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Hot Pocket is actually someone that went full committed to the degen at Hartford. Oh, he ran the Shadow yeah. Charm. He ran Power Punch, Medi, Bassidon, and like Tre and Trevenant was like like kind of skill based, but he he ran. Did a you lot just call my Power Up Punch Medi degen? Uh yeah. I mean I yeah, personally it's a hot I, day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I I've run um in two of my three tournaments, I've run Medicham with a fighting move, but it was always dynamic punch instead of because I don't know. You still are really focusing on fast move pressure if you're running power punch, in my opinion. Dynamic punch is the way to go. Or that's that's my hot take. But not my bro. That, that's a that's, hot that's take my, right there. That is a hot take. <laughs> Oof. That's what I said is the best move set for Medicham though. In these tournaments, despite the fact it. you're losing the mirror matchup every time. Uh, Matthew, do you have a hot take? I I was gonna like crack a joke about the hot chip, but I'm not <laughs> yeah, that's like say. feeling well at the <laughs> I'm moment. Like, so. I'm like, I was gonna ask, like, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, my my hot take is uh, don't eat a hot chip for like any sort of clout. It is not worth it. <laughs> like, don't volunteer God. for when you don't have to, right? Especially yeah, when speedy demons show up it. today for the hot chip. <laughs> yeah, it is not worth it. I regret my decisions tonight so oh man that's good all right um man i had something in mind i'm trying to think uh okay so this is my hot take um i think some people will disagree with this but they're they're personally probably feeling offended by it um when you especially in play pokemon tournaments right because they're not as flushed out as like the sylph rules are um, when you get a rematch, um, especially like like especially the on stream one, so we see right, but obviously backstage too that you don't see or, or like on the side um, in the play area. When you get a rematch for a game you know you shouldn't have won, and you take it, 
I feel like it's really grimy and unsportsmanlike. But it is what is like most commonly done and allowed because, you know, um, they don't really have a death win rule in play Pokemon to my knowledge. Or at least I've seen a lot of situations where it was death win and they didn't. They just granted a rematch where I'm just like, dude, why is there a re- It's like they have to beat you again when you know you should have lost, right? And so my hot take is, yes, even though you can do that as a competitor, I think it's grimy to still accept the rematch and you should concede the win there. Which we've seen yeah. a lot of people do, a few people do, right? But not the majority. Yeah, that 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 actually hits really close to home because Khaleesi Fitzy is one of our members. Mm-hmm. And Vancouver Regional, she literally won four straight matches, <laughs> had the opponent dead to rights. It was the same comp every and time too, and she won every up. time. Yeah. And... Every time a rematch was granted uh-huh. and it just felt so, and it literally, it, it disheartened her. It really hurt her feelings and mm-hmm. it kind of soiled her feel on Pokemon or on play. And I think that is one of the big things when I say we need to tighten up our rule sets. Mm-hmm. That is one of the judgment calls refs should be able to make because we have that rule in Sylph. Yep. If Sylph TOs look at a video and say, you weren't going to win that no matter what happened, mm-hmm. no rematch granted. Right. And we move on. And I think we've also seen more recently a lot of examples of competitors saying, okay, um, specifically in Fort Wayne. Yep. Yeah. With, uh, that Dijon was, with, Arrow, with Dijon, yeah. Dijon and Arrow. Yeah. And it led to one of the best game threes we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the weather or the, the um, gr- it was, it was, uh, he called grass a, knot. He, yeah. He threw, um, he threw a grass knot. Uh, he threw an entry yeah. ball with his shadow bomb. So at, the knockout expecting the Azu cash the yeah. switch yeah, yeah. and it, just the hypeness of that moment uh-huh. wouldn't even happened if Dijon forced the issue and said no no I'm getting my rematch mm-hmm. or they're, they're, you, you need to rematch yeah, me yeah. you can't have the win yeah yeah exactly like it it was just insane to watch mm-hmm. and I think it set the example that the community needs to live up to one of the big things that I have said a lot of times on our show is if you're going to these competitions and you're on this stage you're wanting to be a professional and a actual real what's the nice way of putting it um i, I guess professional is the best way i want to put it here you need to act like it mm-hmm. don't get on stage and bm don't get on stage and when you lose throw your headset oh you're against bm on stage too oh i'm very much against oh, it. now in gbl hot take in general too uh, yeah in he GBL, he BM someone in fashions this week, <laughs> which he felt really yeah. bad for after fact because we don't yeah, even know. The but guys. in GBL, I'm all for it. I encourage okay. it in GBL. Okay. I think it's the most. But on stage, you act as a professional. Uh, okay, interesting. We want it to be a professional esport. You want, you know, there's ten thousand dollars on the line in Yokohama. Yeah. Let's act like there's ten thousand dollars on the line. So you're you're really like against BM on stage. That's interesting. I think uh, very much so. Yeah. What, what what do you all think out, out of that? Out of curiosity, Astra has something to say. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> we're, not, we're not on our show. So <laughs> did you say in a clean version or <laughs> no? So I I have I have a problem with it as well. Yeah. Um. I I think it's unsportsmanlike. Um, regardless I need to go of back it, and listen to the Toronto episode for from you guys. Then I, <laughs> from I, a few months I, ago, I think that's yeah. I think that's the one you may. Yeah, don't, yeah don't, I think that's the you, one. Don't go listen to that one. But yeah, like as as somebody who 
like out of the group, like I'm the lesser of the battlers. Like if in the beginner to winner, like name, I'm still the beginner compared to, to Dino and Wildcat. Mm -hmm. So as someone in that caliber, like playing against someone that you already know, you're they're like you're undermatched like you you already know you stand below them as far as skill and then for them to do something like throw an earthquake on a knockdown mm. like oh, wait. to me yeah okay to me, <laughs> to me <laughs> that's, that's bad sportsmanship not only that, it makes it harder <laughs> on the casters because you guys you're having to try to explain what's happening and then you're like Oh, like, I personally you, how... don't mind. I personally like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it depends on the situation, right? I think Toronto, the controversy really started when Brown Baller threw on like day one in group stages a last resort at like a Sable or something. But like it did. But the thing that looked really awkward about it is it didn't even knock out the Sable, so he had to throw another move, which was just like the the entertainment flair wasn't even there. Um, but me personally, I don't mind if he'll BM as a caster, but I can't. I can't speak for the other casters. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, Dino and Matthew, what do you all think about BMs? How do I think about it? On a on a stage setting, I personally wouldn't like being on the receiving end of it, so it's not something that I would want somebody to do. Um, in GBL, um, the only time like I really do it is if like they are like like they got hard countered and they're just intentionally not tapping. Not that yeah. they close their app, but they're just yeah making you do the hard work. I got you. I got you. I feel like for me, like I'm not gonna. It's, it's, I feel like it depends on the opponent. I like that's how I feel, I'm gonna see it. Like if it's somebody like I know, like if yeah. I'm facing like a friend, I'd be like, yo, if he be like, yo, by all means, whatever. If you guys are facing yeah. each other on stage, right? Like one of like two. I, ex- pair, I right? would. Ex- I mean, I don't know if they would do it, but I mean, I may do it. They may get mad at me after. I mean, but I did it. <laughs> if I did it, episode. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ashley's like, if I did it, I probably did it by accident. It was probably by accident. <laughs> but i mean i feel like it just depends on, I, on the person like if we're joking like if the other person like has good vibes and he just does it like that's cool like i would probably get a laugh out of it but like if like i can see them like kind of like making fun like mm. that's i guess like you can take offense to it yeah that's a little bit different but to me like it, it just depends how it's how they did it and stuff like that I, I, i'm like still like 50 50 on it okay but, i got a question for you all then too because this is man this is turning to real hot take here but because um, <laughs> you mentioned an earthquake kind of knockdown which uh actually no it wasn't specifically this situation Since 2022 but, um it was uh so if you all were watching the charlotte regional it was in top eights and it was uh my teammate auburn against each strawberries it was game two he already won the first game and he he had like a knockout against a trevenant and the knockout was like about to take it out with the sky attack but um each robbery still had a shield left so, or I think Auburn still had shield left too. So he decided to shield the sky attack and keep throwing C bombs, uh, even though like there's no way the Noctowl loses, especially shield up. Um, so Auburn lets the Noctowl faint out and it comes in with a swamper, still shield up, and throws an earthquake at the Trevenant, low hell Trevenant, doesn't swipe a bubble and is handing the team sheet back across the table before the earthquake animation is over. <laughs> well, did, I don't know if you all saw that, but if you, yeah, what were your I, thoughts on that specific situation? I, I didn't like it, but I also understood it because of what led up to that moment. Okay. The fact that 
it, it was purposely making time take longer. The way I looked at that, I honestly kind of think he was looking for a lag to happen so we could do it, have a rematch back uh, to what we were talking earlier. Okay. Because the only reason you stay in that battle longer is hoping something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, trebbing it into a knockout with a shield up. Like, there's no there's yeah. no way you win that, right? Yeah. yeah, so I don't like it, but I, can, I have an understanding of why. But at the same time, I still go back to, it's a professional game. Let's act like <laughs> professionals. So, like, my thing is, is... It's it's being casted like uh-huh. it's streaming live on Twitch. Yeah. Okay. You like Caleb. You know a lot of these people, so you know who's friends with who. Yeah. The casual person who's turning this on may not know that those people drove together, mm-hmm. or you know whatever the situation is, and it was like a friendly like ha 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 we're battling on stream type thing. Right. Like so, you got to look at it from that perspective. Um, and I tend to look at it from like a business side when it comes to like that kind of stuff is these people are representing my brand Mm -hmm. regardless of who they are. The minute they step on the stage and have a play Pokemon shirt on, they're representing like it's part of the book. Like if you read the tournament book, like the officials book, there's a list everyone has to follow by certain rules. Right. It's uh, integrity, this, like, it's, it's a bunch of things. So, and that's from spectator, they, they, they make it clear, from spectator to judge. Everyone is responsible to govern that. So when you get on stage with that Pokemon Play shirt, you're a representation of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think in that, in that situation be as professional as possible. I mean, if you can't be professional, then I guess that's just you. But I mean, there has to be some type of professionalism when it comes to representing a, a game that you're playing. Um, and a company that you support. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, so context too, for Wildcat dad, because I think you pretty much, nailed it so i talked to Auburn about it after i was like i was like what was that about um and he if you could if you re- watch that footage back you can kind of read their lips so when the knockdown was like in the trevenin like each strawberries was already like good games and, he, and then Auburn's response like yeah good games and then he shields right and so Auburn, you could literally see him like roll like 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 frown a little like throw his brow a little bit like wait what i was like like it's over like what are you doing this so you can see him like just like purposely choose not to shield knockdown just to throw the earthquake. He's like, well, if you're going to waste the time, I'm going to BM you, right? And so that was his thought process there, which I'm sure a lot of us may yeah. feel similarly in a GBL match, right? Which is... Anyway, I'm not saying he's right or wrong for it. I'm just saying that was that was the context, which... Um, so my personal opinion, obviously, again, there's no right or wrong answer to it. Um, I do think... I, I, I do think, yeah, professionalism... I think sportsmanship in general is, like, very important, right, on stage. Um, you know, and obviously that... I think professionalism is sometimes tied into that. Um, I think for BMers, part of it's like, especially at your home, you're trying like do it for fun and stuff like that. Um, especially if you're a streamer, right? I think like it's synonymous with a lot of streamers BMing, right? It's like to entertain their stream, and so especially on stage, I personally view it as potential entertainment value. But again, it's I mean, obviously that's subjective, right? It depends on the opponent. Obviously, some people viewing might not find it entertaining. 
but it also depends on maybe like the flair you do it with, which is why I think like the brown baller BM, like I think he played great that whole tournament, but like in my opinion, that was a little bit cringe because like you throw a last resort that you like undercharge or charge all the way, don't knock out, you still throw another. It's just like weird, right? I'm just like, that's not that cool, right? Yeah, you already heart beat someone, like why like rub salt in the wound? Um, I think last season at Worlds, I know for a fact, actually, Marto BM'd do a sludge bomb at a digger's beat, right? And and he even looked at the camera like, and it's Marto, right? So I want to know if he's going BM, right? A fun fact, actually, Sludge Bomb actually does more damage to Digger Speed than a Mud Bomb, just super ineffective. Um, but he threw it to BM because it's kind of his signature thing. But it had good flair, and everyone like everyone in the crowds knew and like cheered, right, when it happened. Um, obviously, he didn't know the competitor and stuff like that. But so I think there's always a chance for some potential disrespect the opponent feels. Uh, me personally, I personally don't BM. Unless it's it is a friend in a situation like that, uh, or like I know they could take it well for whatever reason, or it's like you know the last match I'm using Bastion to win it all, or like I'm losing really hard. Like I BM'd um, zero elite zero at Fresno. I threw a sludge bomb at his little insane slash. I'm just like, dude, this is over, man. Like I'm like like I'm just like I'm not even gonna like I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to prolong the match. Like, I'm just like, I recognize, like, how bad this is, right? So I'll BM there, and, like, I don't think he, like, he even smirked a little bit because he's like, like, okay, like, no big deal. Um, yeah. But that's my I personal also, take on it, you know? Yeah. I also love when you, especially if it's, like, game one and you BM, uh-huh. and then you end up losing game two and three. Oh, yep, that karma comes <laughs> back real quick. And, exactly. and again, and I already thing, know I what like... episode I'm listening on BTW right after this <laughs> recording. <laughs> so, yeah, that stuff like that, that's one of the reasons, like, just conduct yourself professionally yeah. and like a good sport mm-hmm. and you reap what you sow. Yeah. And unfortunately we've seen a lot of times in this tourney, those, those early BMs, those yeah. guys don't end up winning that, that round actually. Yeah. The early BMs, I personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it unless it's like a final game. And like, it's important, like a, a day one, like, like bracket run. Like I just like, they just, it's just way too early to celebrate. Right. Like maybe game five on the final set of a grand finals, maybe, but like, I remember specifically too, yeah. I faced against Gucci gang in um, San Diego and I had like a notorious matchup where I had my Bastion locked in on his alone nine tails and a low health Medi in the back. And I just like, I guess like I'm friends with Gucci, like outside of the game, like not like, like in person as well. Like he's one of my locals and like, I known for years, but like, I just, I could see like the despair on his face and how like, like sad he was in that situation. I was just like, I'm not going to throw the flame. Uh, I'm not going to throw the stone edge at his Metacham here just because I mean, even though we're friends, like it's just like not the right moment. Right. So I just went for the full on flamethrower. But I think again, that's something for each player to kind of feel out themselves. Right. In that situation. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a particularly right or wrong answer. I think for the most part, though, uh, a little behind the scenes, I don't think the Pokemon company cares. <laughs> so at least, at least, but maybe certain individuals might, but that's just, that's just my own insights on that. Um, Interesting. That was a great, like, side hot take, though. That wasn't even the original yeah. hot take, but when, when that came up, I was like, I got like a little light bulb. I was like, wait, I was like, let's explore this a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for your listeners who may be like trying to like, oh, let me go back and try and find this episode. Yeah, yeah. What's the name? There's of it? also a string, I think, from that episode, like uh-huh. a couple of them, where there's a few things that I just like kind of go off on. <laughs> okay, dude, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm about to, uh, I had to meet up with some friends after this, and it's a kind of a longer drive, so I'm, I'm throwing it on. <laughs> I, think, I think one of them was um, retiring, then coming back, and then retiring, and then coming back. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited. That's... I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up a hard take tag. That was, that was really interesting here. Um, I think uh, we're coming to the closest episode, but for those listening to this right when it drops or the week of, we're only a couple of days away from New York Go Fest. Um, and we have a tournament in the works, which me personally, I have not really been putting too much work in organizing it, but you all have done a great job at it. So do you have any info? Obviously, we're weeks away from the tournament, but any info that people can generally know leading into this tournament? I'm sure like leading up to it, there's it's going to, there's going to be maybe a flyer or some announcements in various places and Twitter and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So people might already know, but for those that are hearing this for the first time, what's it going to be? What's it going to be about, et cetera? Yeah, so we're going to do a just kind of a, a mega tourney for GoFest. You know, we we talking to Caleb and we were struggling to find venues that it almost to the point we, we decided to kill it yeah, because bad. at what was it Seattle last year you had 125. Uh, we had we had a it was like we had a it probably came around like like 100 something yeah 115 yeah 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 so. Finding a venue in a city like New York for that many people, kind of tough. Yes. Um, so Caleb's like, why don't we just kick it back to OG 2019 feels? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's a great idea. So if you don't know what happened to 2019, um, Sylph Continentals happened over GoFest weekend in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um was that Speedy's run? That was Speedy's run, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the year after. He did the he had after. the COVID year. Yeah. He had the COVID year. Okay. Yeah. That um, was a schmoosive. Schmoosives, yeah. yes. So what we ended up doing, we just we initially had a venue and the venue closed and said, You gotta go. <laughs> Didn't let us finish. So we took it to the street. Mm-hmm. And there was literally three hundred people <laughs> gathered in a group trying to look over two people's shoulders for phones. Uh-huh. So we're going to try to get that feel back. So we're going to do a mega tourney. There is prize. There's going to be a hundred dollars prize nice. at least. Um, we're going to meet at Randall Park. We may if if the Pokemon Company slash City will let us, we'll just play right there in Randall Park. Follow up after the event. So Friday night of Go Fest. That is what August sixteenth. Mm-hmm. I think so. Eighteenth. No. Eighteenth. Eighteenth. August eighteenth. Yes. About 7, 7.30-ish, we'll start meeting at one of the team tents. The plan will be to try to have the you know the attorney there in the park. We'll use Shaolong to, to organize it. But, but but Caleb had a good little twist. He he, he mentioned a throwing in. Yeah. You, you remember your twist? Yeah, so the, so the meta for the tournament, right? Because, I mean, who wants to see Metacham mirrors all day long in this park, right? I do. Uh, yeah. Well, surely. <laughs> I, think, I think also we, when we came up with this, Carbink wasn't out yet, so I think we probably should just ban Carbink just out of accessibility yeah. reasons. Um, but, and then just the standard bans, maybe the Galarian Birds. But uh, the meta, and I, I actually got this idea from when we were at EUIC, we did an exhibition match, which I actually, I did BM Speedy on that one too. <laughs> but um, I undershot the flavor on DD with my BS. Yeah. But um, the uh, the meta was the top 12 used Pokemon, top 12 used to chart that we always have for all these regionals. Those top 12 Pokemon are banned from usage in the tournament, which just completely shifts the meta in my opinion. And the meta for this one I'm sure if people we announced ahead of time, people already know at this point. It's going to be the top 12 Pokemon uh, used at Yokohama Worlds, Japan, 
those top 12 Pokemon are banned. So at the time of this recording, because we're recording weeks earlier, we don't even know what the meta is because we don't know what the top 12 Pokemon will be. Right? We can make some guesses, right? But we don't know exactly, especially on the lower, like, you know, 9th to 12th places. But those top 12 Pokemon will be banned, which means that a whole other host of Pokemon will be viable for this tournament. So, you know, it's also nice because people won't stress about, like, over-prepping. Like, you can only prep so much if you have, like, literally one week, right, uh, before you know the meta. But hopefully it'll be a fun time and it'll make some for some good content. Um, are we allowed to participate? Or are we like TOs? What's the... Um, I, I'm fine if the TOs want to participate. We, we've got a couple of folks that have already agreed to help us out, yeah. you know, with rulings and things. House Stark. Okay, nice. It's nice. going to help out. Yeah. Um, cool. The group of us, we, we're, we're trying to get as many people, you know, hyped about it. We want to get that kind of that classic in-person feel. Yeah. It's New York City. It's mm. it's going to be a fun time. There's other events happening all weekend as well. So yeah. come out, have a good time, have a chance at winning a prize. It, it's a hundred dollars. It ain't groundbreaking, y'all. <laughs> yeah. It ain't about the money, but we gotta have a gotta have a little little spice out there. Yeah. The care of the chase. Okay. Okay. Well, if I if I'm able to participate or have the time to. I might, I might throw myself together at Bastion team before Carping takes over. So, well, <laughs> hey, Bastion's great when the top 12 is banned. No Swamper, no Glaring Stumpfist, no Registeel, no Metachan. Dude, yeah. that's the guy's the Axis defense, man. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, let's go counter Polyrath. Oh, let's actually, oh, sure. there's that, and there's Quagsire now, too. Quagsire's actually a huge problem. So, yeah, and Alone Sand Slash, but we don't have to talk too much about that. But um, yeah, that should be a fun time. So uh, I'm so sick of Alone Sand Slash. Dude, dude honestly, yeah, maybe the hot take lot. I saw this on Twitter from Z's Wildest the other day is it shouldn't have gotten Drill Run as a buff because it was already pretty strong. I, I think like the Drill Run to Bulldoze difference was just way too much. Maybe a move slightly yeah. slightly better than Bulldoze, but not as good as Drill Run. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it's double weak to fighting, but. I feel like a lot of times that, that fighting that Metacham's not on the lone sand slash. Take, take bold or take drill run away and give it earthquake. Oh, it has a chance to knock things out, but it takes a long time to get there. That is that is something, or maybe earth power. I actually don't know earth power. Earth power might be better than could be. drill run. No, I don't. I actually don't know. I think it's like in between. Yeah, it's in know. between, it's like, like yeah. yeah, in between. You like, earth, more, oh, you just need more energy on it. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, drill run's like forty-five energy. Earth power's fifty-five. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's gonna be pretty good into Zygarde and uh, Carbink, so I think we're gonna see a lot of Lone Sand Slash to, uh, to come. Um, but I think that does it for our episode. I mean, thank you all for the collaboration, the the BTW Battle Cats crossover. Um, maybe, hopefully, not the last. Uh, maybe next time we can we can truly do a hot chip showdown i don't know if matthew wants to do it a third time <laughs> uh, he's like i'm, I'm, I'm done i'm retiring maybe we do this like an anniversary thing. like every year you do one hot chip yeah. and you, you upgrade right the chip yeah. changes like it's gonna be green next year <laughs> it's gonna be oh yeah year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see all right well awesome well uh for those that are listening to our side of things where can people find your podcast your content stuff like that yeah. Um, so we're on Twitter uh, at BTWPVP Podcast. Um, our website is www.btwpvp.com. That pretty much will give you links to everything else. Um, our YouTube, uh, our Patreon, if you want to, you know, join the Discord. It gives a link to our shows, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, again, you know, for those of you who listen to Battle Cats, 
we are uh, on the adult side of the spectrum. So if that's not something you're into, you know, don't I, I don't want to tell you to go listen to us. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. But um, it's not like we're like like Caleb said, we're not like saying the F-bomb like every 15 seconds. But um, I just have a I, I don't have a filter <laughs> no, that's for sure um but yeah that the website is probably the best place to go to get literally everything um that that involves btw nice and btw and, and stands for caleb for begin to winner right yes yeah. yes and for our uh listeners at btw uh caleb can you give yourself like a shout out as to where to follow you at you and uh, Speedy app? Yeah, so for our podcast, we're on pretty much most podcasting platforms. Uh, it's The Battle Cats. I think it's The Battle Cats Podcast, dude. I should probably know for, for myself. But just search <laughs> Battle Cats, it should come up. It's Cats with a Z-C-A-T-Z, uh, paying homage to our original host, uh, Zionic, who no longer is hosting with us, but uh, still, it's a great person. He just couldn't find the time to do it anymore. And uh, you can also find that on YouTube, uh, Battle Cats with a Z. Especially if you want to see Matthew eat the hot chip on, on live, you, you'll, you'll get you the go. video version for that too. Um, we don't have our own Twitter and stuff. Uh, so it's usually me posting updates just at Caleb Ping on Twitter. But you can find us on the podcast and platforms. And then we do have a website. Um, man, again, you guys are much more prepared than I am. So our website is battlecats with a Z dot podbean dot com. Podbean. Yeah. So that's our uh, podcasting hosting platform. You can find the episodes there. Or you could just find it on Spotify or YouTube. But that's that's us. So um, what this is episode what for you all? I guess it's, it's going to be a This would be, I believe, if I'm doing my math right, probably episode 133. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have quite a bit more than us, too. So a lot of content for those listening to the Bowcats that want to catch up on some content from BTW. You have... A lot to catch up on if you like to. I know personally, I'm I'm going back to the Toronto episode for sure. <laughs> you're gonna enjoy that for sure. I am gonna love that one. Yeah, but and if great, if you're yeah. like someone who drives a lot, uh, our shows are typically about three hours. <laughs> oh my god, um, I love it. It's tip. That's a typical. Well, we learned that two and a half for our listeners wasn't enough, mm. but. Three hours and fifteen minutes was too much. Ah, so okay, boom, we like hit the it. three hours and everyone's happy, dude. In my opinion, there can never be a too long of a podcast, right? Like everyone's listening to this while they're driving, or for me, showering or cooking or whatever, like doing stuff. And uh, yeah, but I appreciate the long content, which is why I knew when you all come in, I'm like, we might have some tangents. I was like. I don't mind that. That's that's a, this was actually like the least amount of tangents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we kept it pretty on track. Um, but anyway, thank you all for joining us, and thank you to all the listeners. And uh, I know it'll be a few weeks in our current time, but for those listening, we'll see you all in a couple of days at GoFest in New York if you're going to be there. And uh, hopefully, at least one of us was right about our world's winner prediction. <laughs> but. And uh, I'll see you on uh, on the casting stage. Yes, right. yes, <laughs> yes. Hopefully, there might be. Yes. So, let <laughs> so, me just say, all the listeners already know, right? If everything went to plan, that is the case. There. Um, if if you don't see me, then uh, 
yeah well, well i'll explain why after we record this <laughs> but okay. the listeners will know already all right anyway hope you have a good one and we'll catch you all later peace later peace see you